Hi, this is Naya Rivera from Glee, and you're listening to Below the Belt Radio. See, I'm like, you know, 31 flavors over here. I'll take oh, snap. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, well, we have vanilla here. The Below the Belt show is closed caption for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. That's right, guys. It's time for another episode of BTB Remote, the quarantine edition. I'm your host, Al Soto, a.k.a. Celebrity Soto, your host with the most. And here for your weekly eargasm, let's go ahead and introduce the room, starting with, that's right, guys. He is the one and only, the prince of pop culture, he is also the one and only, the, the man with the common presence and the fan favorites. <laughs> I'm so not Mike, used to being, oh, go ahead. Mike the General Zod. What's up, Mike the General Zod? Hey, hey. It's, uh, it, 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 it took me a little bit by surprise. I'm used to being like the, num- the third person that's introduced in these calls. So like, <laughs> wow, I'm moving up in the world. <laughs> right. Also joined by, that's right. Another expert in pop culture. He also uh, co-hosts another podcast called Film Rescue. He is cosplayer extraordinaire, also known as Hardcore Bloodshot. I'll just call you HB, right? He's the yeah, one I can and just o- do that. Yeah. The one and only <laughs> Jesse Fresco. Hello, and, I'm back again. <laughs> and we have another co-host joining us, but he's having some trouble with his phone at the moment. <laughs> you need a camera stand. <laughs> uh, You're good. Now. Okay. All right, guys, let's go ahead and introduce. That's right. A great friend of mine, guys, affectionately known as the Silly Goose. He is the one and only Kyle Murphy. Kyle, good to have you on Below the Belt Show. Can we hear you okay? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you guys good. Okay, good, 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 good. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, we have a tremendous show from top to bottom. Um, guys, I'm real excited about um, an up-and-coming young actor that will be joining us later in the program, guys. He'll be seen in the upcoming Netflix film called Project Power with Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Jamie Foxx. But he can already be seen on Apple TV opposite tom hanks guys legendary tom hanks in the world war ii um war film um known as greyhound and uh he plays lee helmsman number one so one of the helmsmen on that ship the greyhound um he's also going to be 
and a film called All My Life, um, starring Jessica Roth from Happy Death Day fame and Harry Shum Jr., Chrissy Fitt from uh, Pitch Perfect and Jay Farrow, former of Saturday Night Live. So he's got some up and coming credits and we're excited to have him on BTB. And um, I guess we'll save everything about Greyhound when our guest calls in because we'll be kind mm. of make, doubling up on the film. Yeah. If, we, if, uh, if people just uh, chime in for the first 10 minutes of this show, let me just say this. It's really fucking good. <laughs> good. I, I literally just watched it this afternoon because yes, I both. Yeah, I got home from work. I changed, went to the gym, got my workout, came home, watched it, and now here I am. <laughs> so I have had no time off today. So uh, the way you squeeze that in, that short yeah. time frame is impressive. That, that's why I'm glad the movie is only 90 minutes. <laughs> Perfect length. Perfect length. Right, right, right. Well, guys, um, usually I save, like, tragic news, um, some of it at least, with passings at the end of the program, but this one's near and dear to my heart, guys. Um, you might have heard the opening promo. Um, actress Naya Rivera of Glee fame. Um, I interviewed her not once, but twice. She did a phone-in to Below the Belt show um, before she was uh, a part of Glee. And then um, five years ago at the Creative Coalition event in Washington, D.C., um, got to interview her uh, as part of the White House Correspondence Dinner pre-party that the Creative Coalition um, threw, um, which is always a stellar, star-studded, amazing event. Got to talk to her on the red carpet, and um, she was pregnant at the time with her son, Josie, and um, it's really sad. Um, Naya Vera is gone. Um, late last week, uh, after we ended the show, she had been reported missing. Um, it's been a, um, a search for, for days and days to find her. Um, and they finally uh, found a body in Lake Piru, Ventura County, California. Um, luckily there was no foul play. Um, but nonetheless, it's still very, very sad. I know that, uh, Nia did everything, I guess, to save her son because her son was on the boat. Um, but, um, sadly, Naya, um, uh, drowned. Um, it's really, really heartbreaking, man. It's really, really heartbreaking. Apparently, this Lake Pure was a place where it's like a, um, a sanctuary um, for her and her son as, as she's constantly visited that lake before. And I, I'm guessing she was already, you know, an advanced swimmer, um, you know, considering that she this is not bad. something new for her. It's just bad luck. It's, it's just, horrible. It's just bad luck. Horrible luck, guys, and a lot of people are. This has been a this has been a week for a lot of bad luck. Absolutely. I mean, they, we we already talked about the year being bad luck, but this has certainly been a week of. Yeah, twenty twenty can, can go fuck itself at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um. But um, the roaring twenties. Yeah. A lot of. Yeah. The roaring twenties. Pandemic. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of people were talking about how Glee could be a cursed show because it's not. The first death of the main cast, this is the third, actually. Um, Seven years ago, um, Corey Monteith um, died of a drug overdose. Um, And then a couple years ago, Mark Salling took his own life because he was facing child pornography charges. Um, And now, sadly, Naya, the third main cast member to pass away from Glee, I mean, it's sad to say that this this is a cursed show, but I mean, when you have three major cast members and they're that all means young, it definitely is. Yeah, and that it's young. Hundred percent. 
young yeah. cast. It's not like the cast of Golden Girls or something, you know. It's a, yeah. it's a young <laughs> cast. What is it they say? Two times is a coincidence. Three times is a pattern. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's really, really. So let's protect all the rest of the cast as quickly as possible. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And Greg, Dustin, Mich- you're not allowed to leave your house. <laughs> Grant had a smaller role. He wasn't one of the main cast, but yes, he's uh, the yeah. the. I know, uh, General, you're a big uh, fan of CW's The Flash. Yeah, uh, he's probably. Uh, <clears throat> I guess he's the uh, the most uh, most prominent alumnus of Glee. Well, you have to remember also uh, Melissa Benelost, who's one of your favorites. Oh yeah, that's yes, great. who's Supergirl. She's a, um, yeah, she she's is a treasure. Isn't <laughs> yes, she something? She is. Woo! Good God, is she something? <laughs> she is. Met... She is just a pocket full of pure delight. That's <laughs> that's what she is. <laughs> she is something. I haven't met her yet. I would love to meet Melissa, um, but like, unfortunately, I haven't met her yet. But. Um, um, Fox uh, released a statement that Nia was a fierce talent with so much more to do, and this is a terrible tragedy. Um, we are forever grateful for the indelible contribution she made to Glee from the first episode to the last. Our hearts are broken, and, and our thoughts go out to Nia's family, friends, and young son. Um, actually, the cast um, got together at Lake Peru and all held hands with Nia's family and said their final goodbyes to. Uh, to Naya. Um, another issue comes uh, with her series called Step Up, which is based on the movie uh, of the same name that shot in Baltimore, which I was a mm. part of. It's, uh, the first and second Step Up film. Um, they had a, um, a series on YouTube, which was called Step Up High Water. Um, Naya had a role on that uh, show, and they were supposed to go into production for season three. So obviously now they have to do some rewrite rewriting. I doubt they're going to recast her character. Um, I mean, they've they've done that before. I mean, the Spartacus TV show when the main char- character, the actor, passed away, they just recast. He I he think, even said, "Go ahead, recast," like because he knew that he they was dying got of cancer. permission when he got permission. He knew he was dying of cancer. He's like, "Go ahead, and just recast exactly. me. Like, keep the show going." So that's, maybe that's very, the family could say, "Go ahead and keep it going," but I mean, yeah, I no, that's a very very good point. Um. But, you know, Nia was, I guess, a supporting. I mean, she, she was one of the uh, series regulars, nonetheless, but um, on Step Up High Water. But I don't think she was the main star of the show, so I don't know what they're going to do and handle that one. But, um, yeah, no, no, very, very sad. Um, uh, she leaves behind a four-year-old son, um, Josie. Um, and, um, yeah, hearts and prayers go out to uh, Nia, her family, her loved ones, the cast of Glee. Um, and all of them. Um, and I, I wish I could say this is the only major celebrity passing from this week, but we also lost <clears throat> Kelly Preston, mm. um, the actress known for uh, her role as uh, the fiance of Tom Cruise's character in Jerry Maguire died at the age of 57. And uh, I don't know if that has to do with Scientology or anything, but no one knew that she was battling breast cancer. It was like a real, really big shock. Um, and I have a feeling it has to do with that Scientology, you know? She was always super hot. <laughs> no, like, Kelly. Uh, Kelly. Her when she was riding Tom Cruise and Jerry Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> that scene was Jesus. That's like the last scene I can remember her doing. I don't know what she's done since. I think yes. she did a lot of TV stuff. Yes, that's yeah. right. She was in that uh, 
absolutely appalling Battlefield Earth film. <laughs> Which um, he was in, too. Oh. Yes, he was in that. was in that. Yeah, I never even saw Walter. that. The, the trailer hey, was enough. Hey, guess what movie got added to the film rescue shows next season? <laughs> Is it Battlefield Earth? Earth? Yeah, well, Battle there Earth. you go. I threw, I threw on a lot of really bad ones. I threw on Green Lantern, Battlefield Earth, The Postman. I was like, yeah, let's throw on a bunch of giant turds just to try to just torture <laughs> the cast. Well... Got another film that um, Kelly worked on along with um, Travolta, her husband, um, was one of the worst films of all time. Supposedly. Yeah, pretty bad. Um, got a lot of Razzie awards, at least for that year. I don't want to say for all time. Uh, but, oh, it's uh, a yeah. I think it's pretty close to all time though, because that was a bad, bad movie. <laughs> yeah, she was also in Twins. Oh, uh, and she Space also did Camp. the. Oh yeah, the that's right. The hat. Oh yeah, yeah. Mischief. Um, she's been in a lot of a lot of things. Um, but obviously Jerry Maguire, um, probably the most um memorable of her roles. Um, but yeah, and then Hollywood kind of sent out their heartfelt tweets. You know, Josh Gad. The general, the general just brought up when she had that threesome scene with Thing One and Thing Two. <laughs> that was that was like this this alternate ending that that he told told me about. <laughs> I'm sure that's probably why Kelly Preston fans want to hear about it this time. Yeah, nobody, Suddenly there's going to be a run in Walgreens bar, uh, bargain bins for Cat in the Hat DVDs. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, you gotta for the you gotta A B A B up down left right. Yeah. And you get to <laughs> no. Um, yeah, Hollywood <laughs> sent out their, their heart, heartfelt tweets, including uh, Maria Shrivers, who was shocked by the sad news. Kelly was such a bright, loving soul, talented actress. Uh, loving mom and wife. Um, also, um, Holly, Holly Robinson-Pete. Uh, rest in peace, Kelly Preston. Chloe Bennett. Um, Kelly Preston was uh, enormously kind and unbelievably lovely. Can't believe this. My thoughts with, are with her sweet Ella. And the rest of her incredible family. So they, so there was actually a tragedy with the Travolta family where the son Jet passed away due to seizure. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it's really, really um, sad that now Kelly has passed on. Um, was was her and her son also working on Glee? No, no, no she was not working on we Glee. We can't connect that. <laughs> no, right. no she right. was not part of the curse. No. Never mind. Oh well. All right, we also lost uh, Benjamin Keough. This is the son of Lisa Marie Presley and the grandson of Elvis. Um, died at the age of 27 uh, due to suicide, guys. A self-inflicted gun wound. Man, talk about just like when they say um, money um, brings happy, or you know, money brings happiness. You know, um, it's not. It, it's clearly not the case. I mean, this guy is heir to Elvis's fortune. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and just uh, sadly took his uh, life. His, his sister, Riley, who was amazing and another treasure, by the way. Um, uh, if you haven't seen The Girlfriend Experience on Stars, I highly recommend it. But nonetheless, uh, really, really sad um, that Lisa Marie's um, son, Benjamin, also passed away due to suicide. Um, <clears throat> man, that's that's re- And he was 27. 27 is like that one age where... I think Kurt Cobain died, Jimi Hendrix, Janet yeah. Amy Winehouse. Amy it's Winehouse. As, it's referred to as the 27 Club, oh, where Jesus all Christ. these major rock stars pass away at the age of 27, 
coincidentally from either drug overdose or suicide. It's it's a common thing in the rock star scene <clears throat> is that uh, people that are very very talented die very early in their careers because wow. of bad because of bad yeah Jeff Buckley well Jeff Buckley drowned but it's yeah. uh, he was also twenty seven yeah. It's interesting you mentioned that because he is indeed the grandson of Elvis. He was also a musician. He struck a record deal um, back in 2009 worth $5 million. So obviously I haven't heard too much of his music. But um, another uh, death, um, Grant Imahara of uh, the Discovery Channel show Mythbusters at the age of 49, guys. Hey, we got video back. There we go. Yeah, Kyle is back. Um. Yeah, no detail about Imahara's death was provided. Um, I heard co-host... it was a brain aneurysm. Okay, was it a brain aneurysm? Okay, I heard it was a brain, brain aneurysm. Just okay. randomly just killed over one day. Wow. The guy hosted a uh, 200 episode of Mythbusters um, from season um, three in 2005 all the way to 2014. Um. And uh, this one's another another sad one. These are these are all young people, guys. Um, <clears throat> Nicole Thea, a YouTube a sensation personality, the age of twenty four, was chronicling her pregnancy for fans with her unborn baby, and she uh, sadly had passed away as well. Um, man, this is just uh, <laughs> bad week. <laughs> bad. Bad and week. it's only Wednesday. And it's only Wednesday, exactly. <laughs> and also to add that list, uh, Julia Dre, uh, an executive at Disney, um, who worked on Dave Chappelle's Half Baked, Half Baked. Um, also, um, Hollywood screenwriter Guy Thomas, who's uh, known for his screenplay The Magic of Belle Isle, uh, directed by Rob Reiner, had also passed away as well. Um, yeah, so um, as we were talking about how 2020 couldn't get any worse, um, the first it's time only the, July, the it's first only time in July. 50 years that there is no um, San Diego Comic Con, but they will be having Comic Con at home mm. um, happening in July. There's a, a large number of panels set up, but um, they will be we will be missing two big um, con- contributors, which is Marvel Studios and Lucasfilm. Yeah. They will not be a part of um, this Comic-Con at home, but I thought they should be because, or they would be because well, uh, Mandalorian, you know, and then we have also hmm. the Disney Plus shows for Marvel as well, but I guess they don't really have anything to show the fans There's just nothing yet. new yet. There's nothing new. Yeah. You know, it's like they're not working on Mandalorian right now because everyone's stuck at home. All the computers that they use to do the special effects, they can't get to. You can't do that stuff at home. So, but I, okay, but I, I thought they are working after reading um, that they have been able to finish the series, the post-production. They were movie. able to finish it? I, yeah. I, I heard otherwise. And okay. it's, still, right. it's still on track to uh, premiere in October. Well, I think it's also because it's like it's Mandalorian season two. Who's not going to watch it? Yeah. Like, do you really need to promote it? <laughs> it's like it kind of <laughs> sells it kind of sells itself. Especially and, the and, way they're building it up with Boba yeah. Fett. You know, and, I mean. And Marvel, it's like. You know, like, there's no films on the way except for Black Widow, which is done, you know, and then there's the TV shows, which don't, you know, they haven't finished those yet. So they, I thought, they, I didn't, thought, they didn't finish production on Falcon and Winter Soldier. No, they didn't. 
No. I, well, I thought they finished WandaVision at least. No, no, they finished they no, they finished they finished Winter Soldier, but they didn't finish WandaVision. Loki still hasn't shot anything, I don't think. Um yeah. And all the other pro- projects are still kind of just in development. So they're not actually shot. Got it. Um, so, yeah, man. It's a um, mess. It is a mess. a mess. Well, lucky for, for the DMV area, um, there hasn't – we've remained steady with the phases. We haven't reverted back to phase one, which is the case with California. They've ordered <laughs> California, all the theaters Florida. and bars. Yeah. Restaurants, wineries, States where they're filled with idiots – that's a we're going back to phase one <laughs> like <laughs> guys seriously it's a problem <laughs> yeah i mean clearly clearly it is but yes gavin uh, newsom uh governor of california reverted what seems to be back to phase one from phase two maryland luckily we're still at phase two um um so i'm guessing that's also affecting the productions in los, los angeles um we just hopefully just hope that here in the dmv Philadelphia and New York, because New York actually just recently had um, just announced that there was zero coronavirus deaths on one day, yeah. which is um, remarkable considering that was the epicenter, former epicenter of the pandemic. Um, but um, <clears throat> also um, Christopher Nolan's tenant. Um, so apparently they're not too confident that they can, that tenant will stick to its August 12th uh, premiere date as planned because of the, you know, the theater is not re, uh, opening by now. We're, we're in mid July now guys. And, um, and with some States like Texas, California, and Florida, um, you know, going backwards, um, they are not sure they haven't made an official announcement, but you know, that affects tenant. It uh, affects Disney's Milan. Another one as well. Wonder um, Woman 2. Like, one, that's Wonder Woman 1984, guys. That was shot two years ago. <laughs> two years ago, man. <laughs> two years, and it's been sitting on a goddamn shelf. Like, guys, I was an like, 80s I understand, two years ago. In that I film. understand you <laughs> want to make a giant pile of money off of these things. Here's the thing. It's right. a pandemic. It's not going to happen. Everyone's broke. Everyone's stuck inside. It's not going to happen. Just dump it online for 20 bucks to watch it for 24 hours and be done with it. Yes, you know, but they make the return. No, they won't make a return. They're going to have to accept that. Yeah, <laughs> you I just know. have to accept it. You're not going to make a return. It's bad for everybody. It is Let's bad. talk about something more important. Like, what do you guys think Tenet is actually about? I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> I look at the trail and I'm like, I don't know what the fuck this is about. Like, is this Inception Part Two? It's Christopher Nolan, so you know, it's, a, his, it, oh, it's about it's about a lot of landlords dying. I, I have oh, a yeah. feeling that everyone looks, looks at it looks it looks like it'll be good. Everybody said the same but thing, like Inception is like a really complex film. It's really yeah. not. It's it's really kind of a standard three standard action film with a three act structure. It's just the the story is so weird. I have a feeling what what it's gonna be in Tenet is gonna be like time cops or time police or something like that. Somebody's fucking with time. And that's it. Yeah. That that's all it is. It's like you're doing the job and re- they do the job in reverse so they can figure out the plan to cause some kind of crime. And therefore, there's cops that are sent in to stop them. I have a feeling it's a cops and robbers film. I think it'll be exactly like season one of Quantum Leap. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm hoping. Uh-huh. Are any of you familiar with Monster Hunter, um, a Capcom vi- video game that's oh, going to yeah. be a turn into a film starring Mila Jojovich? Um, that has now been pushed. 
to April 2021, and it was supposed wow, to come that out really this, pushed that one away. That was supposed to come out this fall. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Well, it's, when we were all quarantined in. It's directed by the guy that did the Resident Evil movies. Like, what are you expecting? Paul W.S. Anderson. That is Paul W.S. Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. He is. He's pretty much the Kubrick of video game movies. Because he's the only one that does them. (laughs) Well, he he also did all, like, the Mortal Kombat movies, didn't he? He did the first one. He produced the second one. The second one is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Resident Evil franchise. Resident Evil final chapter. Yeah. Mortal Kombat. Those movies got progressively worse as they went along. <laughs> they, they really I watched the I watched the last half of the of the final chapter movie and it made me physically nauseous. Wow. Because it, the camera shakes so much and the editing is so fast, I physically got sick. Yeah, no. It's, yeah. it's really bad. Don't watch a, this. And it, they, just stop stop at 3 and that's it. You're done. What's up with these? Yeah, I mean, it's it's all what are they, the hand holding the uh, the it's steady cover camera? Up the, it's to cover up the fact that your actors can't fight. Oh, so I they put it in a stunt double and they shake the camera so that way you can't see the person's face. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. that makes a lot of sense. That makes it, a lot it's of sense. a lack of confidence in your actors. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, a Universal film called Little Monster. Speaking of monsters, uh, directed by. Uh, Josh Cooley of uh, Toy, Toy Story 4 uh, will be a combination of live action and animation, um, which will bring the classic movie characters to a new generation. I was wondering if that was a sequel to the original Little Monsters. <laughs> oh, okay. I was wondering. I, I watched that when I was a kid. Yeah, it was a, yeah. A not a yeah. good movie, but it's fun. Yep, again, the <laughs> Pixar treatment this time. Um, we talked about the film Songbird. Uh, song, sorry, Songbird. Um, which ironically is all about a pandemic, <laughs> directed by Michael Bay. Oh God! <laughs> they just announced uh, two leads: uh, Riverdale's K.J. Apa and um, singer um, and actress Sophia Carson. Um, they'll join Demi Moore, Bradley Whitford, um, Craig Robinson, Jenna Ortega, Paul Walter Hauser. You might remember him as Richard Jewell in the Richard Jewell movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's directed by Adam Mason of Into the Dark. Okay, so I guess Bay is producing. I thought Bay was Yeah, directing. he's producing. Though, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you won't get... Because um, Bay was known for just a bunch of just explosions and craziness. Yeah, I, I think... Sexy female leads. He He's on Netflix now with Six Underground. He's not my problem anymore. <laughs> I, we, we actually tried to fix Six Underground on, on Film Rescue... And we just gave up. We said, <laughs> we can't fix this. Can't. Just, There's some films you just can't fix. It, it, it has all the pieces. You can't add yeah. anything or take anything away. The editing is terrible. The story makes no sense. We can't fix this. <laughs> it's really, That movie really is a mess. And it's just, I think that Bay has kind of realized, you know what? I'm almost 50. I'm, I'm just kind of just going to produce stuff. There you go. Which I think is a better place for him. Like, the Transformers movies finally got good when he went away. Bumblebee is Bumblebee actually a lot of fun. Great. I love there you Bumblebee. go. Bumblebee well, it was good because he didn't direct it. Did you see that one, General? Bumblebee? I haven't seen it yet. It's, uh, fun. I didn't. it's a lot it's of def- fun. That's a that's a yeah. The soundtrack's great too. It's, it's definitely like a throwback movie because like this, all the Transformers yeah. actually look like the way I remember the Transformers yes. looking. Yeah. And they the Smiths, the Smiths are in the soundtrack, General. I know you love. Oh, them. they are. I didn't yes. notice that. They even got the song, uh, the the Stan Bush song, the Touch from the 1986 <laughs> film. <laughs> Like, oh, you can tell, awesome. like, the influence is, yeah, we're going yep. back to the old stuff that actually worked. <laughs> yep. 
Speaking of 80s movies, um, there may be another Dirty Dancing movie in the works, as Jennifer Grey, the original star of the film, will be collaborating with Lionsgate on an untitled dance movie, which will star an executive produce. Um, they didn't reveal whether it, the baby character was coming back because nobody puts baby in the corner, right? Um, so how <laughs> it doesn't they, look they, like they'd herself have to explain anymore. Jennifer Gray's really dramatic nose job too. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just like, she, she does, does not, not look, look like herself. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the like same person. Did. Hopefully, they have to figure out a way because you know I have a feeling it's gonna be like the next generation. It's gonna be her daughter or something. Can, can we deepfake oh. her own face onto her face? <laughs> <laughs> they can use a prosthetic. You know, that. that would be that would be so strange. But like, like when did what was Dirty Dancing? That was like early '60s, isn't that when it when it took oh, place? Oh, time 80s. period. '80s. No, no, it came out in the '80s. The time period the movie takes place. Oh, I thought it was. I thought it was still the '80s. No, I thought it took place in, like in the early '60s. No, you're, you're thinking of that? Greece. You're thinking of Greece. No, this is Dirty Actually, Dancing. You know, I'm reading. No, General, General, you're right. I'm reading it now. The original film was set in 1963. Cat, Cat, <laughs> really? He was yeah. exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> this shit, I'm not How dare you question me? He's the prince of pop culture. We forget. I'm, I'm just well, I, I, I was, I was a just thinking. And a little buzz and just enjoying this. <laughs> I got uh, my fire going. You, you can't see that, in. but there's we'll a little fire. Here, so Everybody have their adult cocktail. I hope I'll get mine at break. Yeah, I got mine for the classic cut break. Um, yeah, my iPad started <laughs> to melt. Uh. <laughs> um, one of my favorite films of the mid 2000s was Wedding Crashers. Um, apparently, they're developing a sequel to the 2005 hit with uh, Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn set to return. Um, and I think that's a great idea. Um, now, um, Dobkin, David Dobkin, who just directed um, uh, Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams in Eurovision on Netflix. Um, I just saw actually, that over the weekend, by the way. It was, a fun, it was a fun film. Was eh, it was okay. It was yeah. uh, it really wanted to be another it? Blades of Glory. Yeah, yeah. A little bit. A little it's kind of like Blades of Glory where it's like outlandish. Yeah, there were some funny moments. There, there were moments, some funny bits in it. It right. wasn't horrible. Some people thought it was horrible. Yeah. Some people loved it. I'm like in the middle. It was entertaining, but I wouldn't put it up there. I'm just kind of over Will Ferrell at this point. Yeah, Will Ferrell's Will Ferrell's <sighs> been kind of on a losing streak. I wish he would do now. another Stranger Than Fiction. I wish he'd do oh, another dramatic that is film. Such a fantastic. Movie. I wish yeah. he'd do another film like that, but he refuses to. I don't know why. I think Old School will be another film. Um, another <laughs> favorite of mine from that era should show yeah. that. Yeah. Another reboot in the works is Fletch. Um, this will be a reboot, not a sequel, with John Hamm of Mad Men fame to star as the investigative reporter. Originally played by Chevy Chase. If um, I can actually see that. <laughs> I actually can genuinely you can, see you that. You can see John Hamm doing that? Because <laughs> yeah. he can play a really good asshole. <laughs> there, there, was a, there was a time in, I think, like the, either the late 90s or early 2000s where they were talking about rebooting it with Jason Lee. Yes. And... Um, <laughs> you have face with Jason Lee. <laughs> <laughs> no. I love to be mall rats, guys. Come on now. No, no, Jason Lee was Smith fantastic movie. in some He's things. Not good as Fletch. Well, <laughs> he was like, I mean, well, he referred. Remember, Jason Lee talked about Fletch uh, in the uh, Mall Rats movie. Yeah, and that's why they wanted to cast him as Fletch. Right, yeah. Okay, so that that ties in. It, that, that's it. why. But it. But it's ah. like. I'm glad you admit he admires it, but it's like wrong guy. <laughs> wrong guy. <laughs> you know. 
But I'm, I'm glad that you can see um, John Hamm. You know, John Hamm is uh, he was actually rumored to be the next Batman, but I guess it went to Robert Pattinson, who will now be the Battinson. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be a Empire. totally different direction for that, because you know, John Hamm's a fantastic actor and a funny guy and everything, but he's yeah. not a young man. <laughs> and like, if they well, wanted to go like with Rob Pattinson, you know, but for if that, they wanted to keep it in continuity with the Snyder verse, then they could have just recast with John Hamm. But they're not; they're throwing the Snyder verse in the dumpster. So yeah, yeah. he yeah. was also he was John Hamm was also supposed to play Mister Sinister if they were going to continue the X Men. Oh yeah, I, heard, oh. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. That, that was set up at the end of um, the end one? of. Logan, not Logan. I'm not sorry. Lo- um, uh, Days of not uh, Apocalypse. 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 Yeah. Yeah. They yep. set up at the end of Apocalypse, and they didn't go forward with it because they said, "Now nah, let's just do Dark Phoenix again." <laughs> that worked out great. I know same guy. Your... The same guy fucked it up twice. <laughs> <laughs> I know you have your opinions on that film, but we've been here all This is like the most boring movie. It's really. Oh yeah, boring. that was. I I finally saw that earlier this year, and that movie's fucking horrible. Oh man, it's, I'm it's sorry. It is. I'm not, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but it's it's boring. Nothing yeah. happens. Nothing happens at all. It's two well, hours it's, of nothing. I mean, considering how how much uh, the X Men, the X Men were such a driving force in my childhood, and right. like All such, like uh, just seeing like what what came of them in terms of that like Dark Phoenix movie, it it hurt. Yeah. Well, we'll have to see what um, Kevin Feige does with the X Men franchise now that he it's in his hands, guys. So just make it fun. That's <laughs> just all. make it fun and make it good. Yeah. It's all. Um, Rosamund Pike um, plays Marie Curie in a biopic called Radioactive. Um, um, it's a pretty good trailer if you want to check it out. Anya Taylor Joy, who's another treasure, she's in it, uh, plays Irene Curie, the, the daughter of Marie and Pierre uh, Curie. Um, and moving on to Netflix stuff, as you know, Netflix is going to get, especially during this pandemic, going to get exclusive films. Um, they're developing a feature film based on Jessica Watson's sailing memoir, True Spirit. Um, Watson was the youngest person to sail solo, nonstop, and unassisted around the world in 2009. Hmm. I thought that was Arya Stark after she went west of Westeros. <laughs> Not if you think about the fan reaction to that show. <laughs> but hey, this is like we hate it. It's horrible. All right, so this is the youngest person to sail solo on Earth, and that was for Westeros. But uh, <laughs> um, like, can a boat really carry that much food and water? What do you mean? Like, uh, without, unassisted, without stopping, she didn't stop for resupply anywhere. Yeah, two hundred ten days, um, thirty-three foot vessel. Um, she's uh, obviously a young person, probably eats like a bird, anyways. I imagine. Maybe she was. <laughs> maybe she was fishing. I don't know. Fishing as well, yes. Maybe fishing. just fishing. Yeah. Fishing, there you go, man. But I, I, I think they could make an interesting film. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah just the, you know. Um, I'm sure, like maybe like a Haley Steinfeld, you know, could could play that character maybe yeah. or, you know. Um, let's see. Ryan Murphy and Jason Blum are teaming up. That's two big powerhouses uh, in the entertainment industry. Um, they're. Adapting Stephen King's short story Mr. Harrigan's Phone Hmm. for Netflix. Um, It's about a young boy who 
befriends an older billionaire who lives in a small town neighborhood and they bond over the man's first iPhone. Okay, that sounds a little creepy. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the initial part of the film, but it, it slightly updated then. Yeah. <laughs> so, the original story is just a phone. <laughs> it, yeah, it, but it, what, yeah, yeah, when the man dies, the boy discovers that not everything dead is gone and finds yeah. himself able to communicate with his friend. From the pretty country. standard Stephen King, you know, horror yarn. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff. yeah. Absolutely. Is it going to be a film or a series? Uh, this will be a film. Okay. Yes. Right. Yep. Um, yeah, that's the, they want to do movies. Netflix wants to do movies. Um, this one will be um, a series, a comedy series, one of my favorites, another treasure, Lily Collins. Love Lily Collins. Uh, the series is called Emily in Paris. Um, it uh, was originally supposed to uh, air on the Paramount Network, but uh, instead they decided to... Um, you know, have it on Netflix, which I think is a better idea anyways. Um, so look out for that one. Um, also, um, yeah, so other scripted shows uh, at Paramount are Yellowstone, um, which we had um, the actor from Yellowstone on, uh, Denim Richards, on a couple of weeks ago. Um, Paradise Lost with Josh Hartnett uh, and Mayor of Kingstown. But other than that, I didn't even know Paramount Network existed until I had to watch Yellowstone for the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, you know? uh, it, it's kind of a shame that there's so many, like, dividing up all these services that are just uh, randomly appearing, like the Paramount right. Network. You can watch all Paramount, is the Paramount movies. Network. Is the Paramount Network actually, like, a streaming service, or is it, like, a yeah, basic It's, like, channel? everything Paramount-related goes onto that service. But it's, like, so, most so, don't So care. what is, what is something channel? that's canonically Paramount? I don't Indiana ever... Jones. Indiana is, Jones. Indiana Jones is Disney, isn't it? No, it's Paramount. Huh. Look at the logo for when the films open. It's the mountain, the Paramount. It's the mountain, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but that's but it yeah, was but Indiana Jones was Lucasfilm, and yeah, it's it's made through Lucasfilm, distributed through Paramount. Uh, oh, okay, so that's a little different. That's like distribution yeah. companies. Like yeah. who, the, who the fuck is for, supposed uh, to know I think, distribution um, companies? Well, I think also like the. I, I think um, the Mission Impossible movies go through them as well. Yeah, but it's weird because like even though if you with the Paramount Network, you can still find a lot of this stuff on other services. Like all the Mission mm -hmm. Impossibles are on Hulu, and all the Jones is on Netflix. Like yeah. I don't get it. Why would you have a network dedicated just to your company's films when you already marketed them out to other services? <laughs> I really don't get it. I don't understand it. Um, <laughs> There's just too many. Maybe it's bandwidth there issues. There is too many. There is too, many. too many. Yeah, Paramount Network, them? it's not a streaming service. It's just, like, on cable. Yeah. Kyle, so, you mentioned yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, it's on cable. You just jump to the channel and... Oh, it's, it's Yellowstone. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is a cable channel. Did you, Kyle, did you watch Yellowstone? I always watched, I think, the first one, and I gave up on it. Oh, you gave up? Well, I, I watched the yeah. first four episodes to look out for our guests for a few couple. weeks ago. Yeah. Denim Richards. And it's actually a really good show. It's really well, good. Yeah. I know Pardon? it's good. I just couldn't get into it with the first couple, but yeah, no, that, it was that's doing well. They just did a new season, I think. Hmm. Yep, yep. Uh, season three just dropped. Yep. Um, so I did watch it. I had to do my homework for our our guest, <laughs> <laughs> but I probably will continue to watch it. It was actually pretty good. It's pretty naughty too. So some nudity in there. Which so for... who's the who's the hottest actress you've had on here to interview? 
<laughs> oh, oh wait, wait. Are you talking in the history below the belt show? Yeah, well, on your show, yeah, on the radio part of the show, yeah. Oh my God, my God. I mean, just last week we had Ariana Celeste, like the most famous UFC octagon girl of all time. Uh, yeah, um, but I mean, God. Why didn't you ask me on that other... show? <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, I didn't know you were a UFC fan. No, no, I'm not. No, you're not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why I didn't reach I don't out. Have, I don't have time in my life for sports. I'm already Maybe busy. General, I... General, who's the prettiest girl we've had on the show? Um, as a guest or as a guest or like or, or uh yeah I think as a guest is that what you mean Kyle I think you're in the yeah yeah, yeah, yeah as, as a, guest. a guest oh man um most of the time we can't actually see them so it's hard to uh... <laughs> but you know you're familiar who they are yeah yeah um, no, nothing pops at the yeah there's been so many it's kind of hard to yeah as in terms of co-hosts that's a that's a tougher question oh that's uh, a favorite that's been naked in some movies or. Oh wow, that's an interesting one, man. I would think you'd have you'd know that right away. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, well, you know, we 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 um, I interviewed uh, for the show, but on location at the All Star Comic Con in North Virginia. Speaking of nudity, Deshaun Lackman, who's known for that nude sword fighting scene in Altered Carbon season one, if you've seen that. Um, she's pretty. Sick. Yeah, very very naughty scene, by the way. <laughs> um, if you're if you're a fan of uh, Usagi Yojimbo, uh, that's uh, coming to television for the first time. Um, that's the uh, that's the Rabbit Samurai. That's right, Samurai Rabbit, the Usagi hmm. Chronicles. Uh, they're developing a CGI animated series to to be on Netflix. So that's something else huh. to look forward to on Netflix. Um, if you're a fan of the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, sad news or bad news. Mm-hmm. Um, it will be ending with the upcoming season four. Why is it ending? Is it just like they're out of ideas? I am, I am shocked. No, they weren't uh, out of ideas. I guess they didn't get the numbers they needed yeah. because is apparently it, is, it, is it a rights thing? The same reason why Netflix not at uh, all canceled at all. all the Marvel shows. Not at all. In fact, the creator Roberto Aguirre Sacasa said that if the Netflix drama, if Sabrina made it to season five, fans would be able to get the crossover with Riverdale that the fans have been waiting mm. for. As you know, it is a part of the Riverdale universe. Right, yeah. yeah. I think it would be smart for CW to pick up. Um, but it's interesting because CW shows have this relationship with Netflix, so I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of surprised, actually, yeah. that um, that one's not... Uh, I have a feeling that the CW shows are probably going to find their way off of Netflix eventually and wind up on HBO Max. Does HBO Max own the CW network? No, because Warner Brothers owns HBO Max. And they put all the DC stuff in oh, the universe on HBO Max. Ah, because it's a DC property. I have That's a feeling right. they're going to do that well, eventually. Doesn't Warner Brothers also own CW, though? Yes. But, oh. that, but that's because they can just market it out to other streaming services. But I have a feeling they're going to put it on HBO Max because they need to provide content for their, their new service. All right. So... On Disney what's Plus, the, what's the only original thing coming to the CW, coming to the uh, HBO Max service that could draw people in? The Snyder Cut. The Snyder Cut. Uh, <laughs> That's it. There's nothing else Life being made for because Kendrick. nothing's filming right now. Uh, and the Friends Doom Patrol, and... Doom Patrol season two. Yes. Doom yeah, Patrol. but that was already shot. That was already. Yes. I'm talking like stuff that was already in production. <laughs> That's why they put the Snyderverse on HBO Max. Not because they actually believe in the property. It's just because hey, nothing's filming right now. We need content. <laughs> what do we got? Yeah, drag that out of the dumpster. <laughs> That's I it. I can't blame them. I can't blame them. 
people, I mean, people, it, will, people will watch. People I'm sure watch. they will. I, I'll be watching too because I have to. <laughs> I'm sure you're I'm excited obligated about this to. One. I'm excited about this, even though I haven't. Believe it or not, since I'm I'm a big Star Wars fan, but I still haven't finished the the Clone Wars or Rebels. But they're already adding a new animated series for Disney Plus called Star Wars: The Bad Batch. So this will be a direct spinoff of the Clone Wars series. So it takes place right after the final season of Clone Wars. <laughs> Clone Wars will never end. It, it seems they, like it never said end. That, that show will end like three times and it and, never fucking ends. And they ends. had that new season last, uh, this year. Ends. Never And ends. now they're going to have this um, spinoff. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, members of the Bad Batch is a, a unique squad of clones who vary genetically from their brothers in the clone army. Each possess a singular exceptional skill, which makes them extraordinary, extraordinarily um, effective soldiers. Okay, cool, man. I mean, that's worth a look, man. Looking forward that to that. It sounds like that game Republic Commando from years ago. Yeah. And it, it was a game called Republic Commando. It took place be, during the events of Attack of the Clones. That was about oh. like, a squad of four clones where you work together as a team. That sounds like that. A I have a feeling bit. they're going to try to bridge that in because they, that game ends on a cliffhanger and it never got resolved. Okay, well, there you That's go. That's a deep dive, but I'm, I would not be shocked if they did that. <laughs> that would be the ideal way to, to, to yeah. tie that in, for sure. Um, Disney Plus also has uh, Muppets Now coming out soon. Um, the trailer of, the, of Muppets Now just dropped. It comes out on July 31st on Disney Plus. Um, the trailer features a uh, Zoom call between the Muppets cast. Um, it was kind of <laughs> fun, but you know, I am ridiculously excited about any new Muppets content. Yeah, are you a big Muppets fan? Uh, yeah, man. Uh, so you will be tuning into this show. Yes. It, there's not a single person on this planet that can say, "Oh, I hate the Muppets." Like, really? <laughs> there's, there's lots of people. Like, like if that. you hate the Muppets, you're an asshole. Okay? Yeah, <laughs> you have no soul if you like, hate the Muppets. That, but that, there are, that, but there uh, are lots of people who do that, that because uh, I had someone. Uh, someone once told me that. They get unnerved by the dead eyes of the of the Muppets, and I can kind of understand yeah, that. Yeah, no, I get it because of all the animated, more you know, lifelike puppets that exist now. Look at Baby Yoda, for instance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but then even have, like, then, there's there's no soul if you hate the Muppets. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. just pure innocent fun, guys. Yeah. What's everyone's mm-hmm. favorite Muppet? <laughs> What's everyone's favorite one? Um. Oh, Ralph is my favorite of all oh, time. Oh, Ralph, okay, yeah. Um, the Eagle guy. Oh, Sam the Eagle? Sam the, Sam Eagle. the Eagle, yeah. Yeah, Eagle, yeah. yeah. If you get the chance, you should watch the... Janice, Dis- I like Janice, too. On yeah. Disney+, Plus. you should watch that Muppets remake that uh, was on, like, ABC, like, in the early 20... Like, 2011 or 2012. Yeah, okay. it only lasted, like, a season, unfortunately. Yeah. It, just, it was in a really, bad time slot. Nobody watched it. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, and they went in a totally different direction because they did this whole like mockumentary thing and tried to make it more like cringe humor. But it's actually legit funny. Like yeah. there's, it is very much like The Office, but with Muppets. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I say yeah, my well, favorite. The is, one, I'm, the one I missed was the Naughty Muppets movie. Oh, oh a Happy Time Over Fuck Happy that time, movie. Yes. Fuck that movie. Did I ever see it? I haven't, I haven't seen that. It's terrible. What's the terrible. joke? What's the joke? The puppets are swearing and fucking. That's it. That's the joke. You, you have seen the movie. You have seen this movie now. You don't need to watch it. 
Yeah, there, so, yeah, there was a terrible. Who was it? Peter Jackson made something similar. Meet the Feebles. Meet the Feebles. Yeah, yeah, I remember watching it, and I was like, I remember when this was done better by Peter Jackson in the 1980s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then there yeah. was a, there was a there was also another like naughty Muppets show. Um, um Greg the oh, Bunny. Greg the Bunny. That's what it was called. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, with like Seth Green. Okay, yeah. that might be worth a look too. Um, also, Disney Plus—they finally dropped X Men: Days of Future Past. Now, this one is uh, controversial because it's the first time nudity is on Disney Plus because you see a scene with Wolverine's oh, ass. Yeah. But ironically, they edited Splash to have CGI hair covering Daryl Hannah's ass. So that's not equal opportunity nudity, man. I mean, <laughs> I come on it. now. <laughs> Well, I mean, is is the 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 male ass considered PG, but the, the the woman's ass not? Honestly, I think actually that's true. I think why? the male ass is considered why, why PG is, because why, it's not why? unless you're unless you're a gay man or a woman, <laughs> you know, you're not going to uh, you're not going to find the male ass particularly appealing. Maybe maybe it's that's because... an interesting point. I didn't think about that. I mean, isn't isn't Splash a PG movie? It's a PG movie, but yet they still edit her ass, but they won't edit Wolverines. I don't get I this. Mean, it's got it's got it's got to be discriminatory against um, uh, men, I guess, right? I, I don't I don't understand Disney Plus. I'm really just like I I've canceled it. Unfortunately, I I just got rid of it because I'm like I'm not watching anything on this thing, so I'm gonna get rid of it. It's you're gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna get it back when all the Marvel I'll, stuff. I'll once uh Mandalorian season two drops, I will get it for like two days, drop it, uh, drop into it, watch everything, and then I'll cancel it as soon as I'm done. <laughs> and, even, and even I was like Mandalorian season one I was kind of like you know what you could cut like two of these episodes this could be six episodes not eight <laughs> oh, that, I, I mean the Mandalorian I like, was so freaking I like the prison ship episode I like the prison ship oh but, that was my favorite one I mean uh, Bill Burr is great but I'm not going to complain about the voice of Mr. Krabs doing you know a demon alien I'm like that's great but <laughs> Still, it's like I love that we could have cut that, and it, the show would have moved better because it offers nothing to the overall story. Yeah, well, they seem to be self-contained episodes. That's the thing is like yeah. the, there is a grander story that he's trying to protect mm-hmm. the kid, and then it's just like that's, that's the grander like, story with little adventures. Yeah, I would prefer a, I would prefer focusing upon that. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's just me. That's, that's just me. I just we'll see what, like let's see what they do with Tamara Morrison and Boba Fett um, when he makes his appearance on Mandalorian, which I'm really so, looking forward to. So Mandalorian is five years after Return of the Jedi, right? That's that's right. Okay, so he did survive the Sarlacc pit. Okay. Oh, yeah, that, that, that was already canon. That oh, was that was, already I know canon. that he got out in the comics, but I thought they threw the comics out of canon, but, you know. Depends which... Uh, you I don't know. <laughs> I know. It's very complicated. I don't know, and I don't care. <laughs> I just don't give a shit anymore. As you by, know, the way, well, well, by the way, by the way, Yes. Uh, when we wrapped up our season of Film Rescue, we did an epic three-part episode of The Rise of Skywalker. Oh. One, ep- one episode was our pitches, one episode was fan pitches, and one episode was two and a half hours with Jim Maxwell from Red Letter Media just shitting on the movie. Did you talk <laughs> about the Colin Trevorrow cut, too? Yes, we did. We, we actually okay, included cool. a lot of stuff in our pitches from the Colin Trevorrow cut. Good. Yes, because the Trevorrow stuff was actually pretty good. 
It actually, well, from what he read, but it depends. From what, yeah, from what, the only thing I didn't like was the Poe Dameron Ray love story. That's the only thing I didn't like. Yeah, but then uh, instead, the they go cut for, instead they go for incest again. They just repeat the incest. <laughs> yeah, but by the way, in case anybody doesn't realize, yeah, Ray and Kylo, they're related. It, it's kind of crazy, but yeah, you mentioned it because because Shami Skywalker had immaculate conception. Their cousin's second From removed. Palpatine. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then Palpatine, of course, is the grandfather of of um, Ray. So. Their cousin's second removed. Yeah, 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 yeah. So not uh, only and all and basically it's immaculate conception through Palpatine using his force, so that basically makes it rape. Woo! Getting dark there, man. Thank you, Star Wars. Thank you, Disney, for <laughs> fucking this up again. <laughs> Yeah, I know. She remember oh. Shami said, "There is no father. There is no father." Um, let's see. On Apple TV, as you know, we have uh, Joseph Poliquin um, from Greyhound, who will be uh, joining us later. But another film that I guess they want to get exclusive films. They're trying to buy some movies. Uh, one includes the film Palmer, um, starring Justin Timberlake. Um, it's about a former college football phenomenon. Uh, who gets a stint in prison, returns to his hometown to get his life back on track. But he has lingering conflicts from the past and much more. So it's Justin Timberlake. I'm sure it will do well. <laughs> also, Idris Elba um, will be bringing his production company to produce streaming features and series for Apple TV+. Um, one includes um, Concrete Cowboy, which also stars uh, Caleb McLaughlin from Stranger Things. Um, and also um, a film called Turn Up Charlie. Okay. Um, on Hulu, Hulu, so Palm Springs. I haven't checked that out because I don't have Hulu, believe it or not. Um, broke records on Hulu um, as the streamer's biggest opening weekend ever. So it's a romantic comedy with Andy Samberg and Kristen Milioti. Um that's supposed to be that's supposed to be really good. That's I've supposed been wanting to be fun. To see that. Yeah. Do you have do either of you have Hulu? <clears throat> yeah, Hulu's got some good stuff. It's got Letter yeah, Kenny, I, it's um it's got Devs, Devs is really good. Yeah, there's some okay. good stuff on Hulu. And yeah, it's got a lot of really good Hulu. movies too. But one thing uh, that they do have coming out looks looks pretty good because of the cast is Nine Perfect Strangers. Uh, it's Nicole Kidman, Melissa McCarthy, Luke Evans, uh, Samara. So it Weaving. wasn't. It, it wasn't the 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 fabled um, the fabled sitcom reimagined nine. No, times. it's not the fate <laughs> No, because this is Nine Perfect Strangers. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when you say Perfect Strangers, I think of the the, the sitcom from the 1990s. Right. Right. It's not a reboot of that. No. It's not a that's reboot what, of that. Yeah. That's what Sean thought too. The King of the 80s. <laughs> That's what it was. Well, it's set at a boutique health and wellness resort that promises healing and transformation <clears throat> nine stre- stress city dwellers. Um, Nicole will star as the resort's director. Hmm. Also, Kelly Marie Tran, who is Rose Tico in Star Wars, has a Hulu uh, series coming out called Monsterland. Um, it's an eight-episode um, series. Um We'll feature encounters with mermaids, fallen angels, and other strange beasts. Okay. Sounds like it's a lot of fun. Caitlin Deaver, Taylor Schilling of Orange is the Black fame. Mike Coulter also will be a part of this show. Um, uh, let's see on Hulu. Um, if you're a fan of Rami, it's uh, going to have a third season. But if you're a fan of Kidding on Showtime, sadly, that Jim Carrey dramedy has been canceled. Oh, so. no! That's yes. 
Are you a fan yeah. of kidding? I loved that show. It's actually oh, pretty good. I'm yeah, that channel. was. It's a shame. It, yeah, it, it was in a bad time slot. Bad. And they actually slot. and they're ending it. They're ending it um, like mid storyline then too. Yeah. So they're not having. It's not a conclusive ending. No. Uh, isn't that the worst when that happens? Yeah. What's what? By the way, since I'm starting into magicians now, was the magicians finale? satisfying because that that served as a series finale oh it did it did serve as a series finale and it does have a good um it has a good epilogue for most of the characters it does like leave things open for future stories okay but yeah i would say that was pretty satisfying awesome but this but this kidding news that really bums me out i'm so sorry general i'm sorry that report some bad news um Kyle just said that uh, he's having issues with his Wi-Fi. That's why he was using his iPad. Um, well, are you joining? Are you rejoining? Let's find out. Um, if you're a fan of Run, um, which was from Fleabag Duo, Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Vicky Jones, that also has been canceled. Um, it will not get a second season. It starred um, General Hux <laughs> Dom- uh, and Merritt Weaver. Um, also um, on HBO Max Michael Che of Saturday Night Live will be produ- uh, producing a sketch comedy series which will be a mix of live animation uh, sorry live action and animation <laughs> um, uh, so that's kind of cool I, I, it's cool to see um, a how do you guys feel about sketch comedy these days like when they announce these new sketch comedy shows yeah. like I think it's good if they, they, they they're not afraid to, to to get to get too politically correct all the time because it, you know that's part that's a whole part of comedy is yeah is, is, it, is, it, you know it and a lot of the, on the context as well yeah I guess yeah. there was a time where every time they announced a new sketch comedy show I'd be so excited and I want to watch it and yeah. now I'm like okay so there's another one yeah right. I mean, yeah. you can do really good sketch comedy as long as the context is right. Like Portlandia made eight yeah. seasons, and it's sketch comedy. Yeah. It's like Portlandia it's just it's random little segments of what it's like to live in Portland. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is which not is, accurate, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and, and that's actually like a, a pretty high concept thing. Like, if someone pitched that to you, would you be like, "Oh, that sounds like a great idea for a show"? Yeah, yeah, but, but like also, the show was on IFC, so it was cheap as dirt. So yeah. But I remember, like, I used to be, like, you know, I still think Mr. Show uh, was, like, one of the most brilliant pieces of comedy in history. But, yes. but that's Our former also... resident rock star loved that show, too. Flex. Yeah, yeah. There's a, uh, there's a sketch in there. Like, like, what are your favorite sketches of all time? Like, what's your, in any sketch comedy show? Oh, my God, dude. Jesus. Ugh. Jesus Christ, dude! Throw that—that's—that's that's a tough one to answer. I'll be on it's the spot. Throwing a knife at a okay. You know what? Can we can, can we think about that, that one and then answer later? Okay, you yeah. can answer immediately. Go ahead. Okay, on on the aforementioned Mister Show, there was this sketch called the pre-taped call-in show, and uh, the whole concept of it was that they were trying to uh, they were trying to film this uh, this show that's pre-taped with uh with call in uh with call in questions so it's consistently people calling in 
um, asking questions about the show that they taped the previous week. And you just see <laughs> David Cross just get progressively crazier and crazier because yeah. he, and he even brings <laughs> out a script. He, he finally snaps at the very end. Yeah. yeah that's and, right. And, and he brings out a TV screen where he shows uh, the episode from the previous week where it's like, we are not talking about all um, the elderly. Today we are talking about drug abuse. And he just goes insane. And it, it's perfect. Well, I, it looks like I have something <laughs> to watch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, a couple more TV things uh, to throw out before we uh, take our classic cut break. Um, General, are you caught up on Walking Dead? They finally announced that they will announce the season 10 finale on July 24th at the virtual Comic-Con at home um, during their panel. So as you know, um, when the pandemic happened... They couldn't finish the post-production on the finale of the season 10. Um, and it was such a cliffhanger, man. My God, Beta was going into that building with all the walkers. Mm-hmm. People are going to die, dude. And um, But we'll finally find out when. And I hope it is sooner than later. Uh, Jesse, I know you were watching Snowpiercer because we were supposed to have that um, actress from the show. But I guess uh, there was yeah. a, a yeah, big I'm- reveal. I'm a little bit behind, yeah. unfortunately. Okay, so I could skip that, unless you don't want to know who was the mysterious Mr. Wolford. They revealed... Oh, I know that. <laughs> okay, you do it's know. A, it's, it's Jennifer Connelly. I know that. Yeah. Well, no. No. We'll be... No. Did they change that? Because I thought that uh, she was... At the end of the episode one, don't they reveal that's actually her? Mm, well, uh, so from what I'm reading here... Cause Never I mind. <laughs> Never mind. I'm a bit behind. Uh, yeah. They're setting up track for season two with a teaser reveal that the actor who will be playing the mysterious Mr. Wolford is none other than Game of Thrones alum Sean Bean. Huh. Oh, good. No, <laughs> that means he has to die. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. I'm sorry, man. killing Sean Bean. Sean <laughs> Bean doesn't die in everything he does. No, he's surviving oh. a few things. He, yeah. I, he's sur- you know. surviving a few things. Well, he die. died in Lord of the Rings. He died in uh, Goldeneye. Yeah. Was it Goldeneye? He's in Goldeneye. Was... He's, he's Janus. He's the main bad guy. He's he's uh he's a uh, 006. I thought it was the other like the uh, the next uh, Bros- Pierce Brosnan. Oh, that he's in, he's in Goldeneye. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Did you headcanon it that it was some other uh, movie? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> he d- he uh, dies by he dies by falling off the set the uh the radio tower and then the radio tower collapses on top of him. It's that's like, right. And it's like right. literally insult to injury. It's, <laughs> it's fantastic death. Have I yeah. ever seen the alienist on TNT? No. Um, yeah, no. no, people say it's good. I haven't seen it, but Dakota Fanning stars. Season two uh will premiere on July nineteenth. Uh, the official tra- trailer of season two just dropped. If you want to check that out, there's this is something I know Jesse will probably tune into. It's Star Trek Lower Decks on CBS. I All saw Access. the trailer for it. Uh, something that you think you're gonna watch? An animated Star Trek series? I I already watched the Orville. <laughs> That's what? Yeah, the Orville's for comedy. Well, the, the Orville. I'm like, Orville. So, so so is this, animated. Animated. this is like a comedy set in the Star Trek universe? Yeah. But it's animated. It's animated, or- so they yeah. can just do whatever they want. Uh, I, 
first off, I canceled CBS All Access because Picard pissed me off. I hated it. Um, <laughs> well, you are you are a prince among men for even getting CBS Access. I got it specifically to watch Picard. Yeah, I got like it. Star Trek. So I so I said, oh, "Fuck it, I'm gonna finish Discovery." Hated that even more. Oh, was, so it's was like Discovery I'm that done. bad? Yes, it's bad. Okay. Wow. I, it's I've literally always, just kind of. I've always kind of regretted the fact that I never like by the time I would I would have probably been interested in in Star Trek there was way too much content for me to go back and and watch so I just I just said fuck it and I'm not going to get into it. Right. Here's the way to wow. get into it. Just just watch Next Gen. It's on Netflix. Every every Star Trek series is on Netflix besides the new stuff, Discovery and Picard. Right. So it's mm-hmm. all on Netflix. It's all available. Um, I doubt they'll ever leave because the rights are cheap as dirt. And you think that's their best uh, series is, is the older stuff. Yeah, I'd, I'd say yeah. Next Gen is really good. Uh, well, halfway through season two, they figured out what the show was and it got good. Uh, season one, skip all of it. Don't don't even bother. It's, not, <laughs> it's, it's terrible. Well, it's terrible. You know, it's racist. It's offensive. Don't even bother. But even Trek. then, even then with like Next Gen, isn't it just like one and done episodes? There isn't like an overarching. Yeah, a lot of it is uh, there are two-parters. There's a few, like uh, Time's Arrow is a two-parter about Data getting transported to the past. Um, there's another one. Like, all the season finales are two-parters because they would end the season on a cliffhanger. That way it would force you to tune in for the next season to see the finale of the show. Right. Mm-hmm. So that would lead you into the next season. So there's some good stuff. It gets good around season three, really good in season four, five, six. Seven, about half of it's good because they're kind of running out of ideas and it kind of falls off. But the end, the finale is really good. Um, Deep Space Nine is also really good. It's probably one of the best Star Trek shows ever made. Voyager, about half the episodes are good. Okay. <laughs> you kind of have to search for really good ones on that one. Of course, the original series is also all really good. There's some bad ones in there, of course, but it's you know it's a product of its time. It's cheap as dirt, of its but time. yeah, exactly. let, right, let right. Let well, Star Trek Lower Decks is in good hands. Uh, Rick and Morty veteran, and I love Mick, Rick and Morty. Uh, Mike McMahon is developing this, so you know at least you know it might have some, <laughs> you know, some of the brilliance of of Rick and Morty. So. That that's really what it is. It's Rick and Morty set in the Star Trek universe, which is kind of the problem. Is that it's been a while since we've had like a genuinely just good solid star trek story yeah the last one i can actually really think that was actually good shockingly was star trek beyond huh yeah which is like it's it's like a c plus b minus movie but it's the closest we've gotten to like a classic trek film so, because the, right. the actual plot of that film is, it, they're in they're in the third year of their five year mission. Star Trek was canceled after three seasons from the original show. Technically, what you're watching is Star Trek Beyond. That's the next episode. All right. <laughs> okay. So they reference like the Green Hand in space. They reference Cat's Paw. They reference all that stuff from the previous original show. Like they they leave out everything from the two previous movies because so they're like fuck this crap. We don't like this stuff. Yeah, so it's basically like its own standalone film, just like the original show. It's a standalone film. Okay. That's the last time we got a really good Star Trek film, and it's only just kind of an okay movie. Well, I mean, I, I was a fan Sorry of... Sorry to be a Debbie Downer, but to me, I Star know, Trek I, is kind of a bad franchise. I, I, I did enjoy the, the, the Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto films, you know. The first one's a lot of fun. Second one is one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. Um, and the third one is, you know, the classic Star Trek film. Yeah. 
Okay. That's what you got. That's what we got. Um, on reality, reality TV news, guys, Tom Bergeron and Aaron Andrews out of Dancing with the Stars. Um, the, the ratings have just tanked every season. It's just gotten worse and worse. But I have a feeling it has to do with the celebrities. They're not being in the big names like they used to. Um, Tyra Banks <laughs> is the new host of, of Dancing with the Stars. So she'll um, be joining up for the new upcoming season. Um, I'm guessing that's what it, what it had to do. They just wanted a fresh new spin on it. Tom has been a part of that show for 28 seasons. Wow. Jesus. Um, He's been there since day one. Way to you know kick uh, kick somebody to the curb after uh, loyalty after all these years, right? And you know, guilty pleasure man is Survivor on CBS. Uh, this fall will be the first time that there will be no Survivor because of the pandemic. They weren't able to shoot in Fiji. Um, as it well seems as like that'd game. be like the best bet. Like you're on an island. Yeah. Like like could there, what a perfect a, show for a pandemic, Survivor. You're, you're on that's an a island. Very good, that's actually a very what, good point, Fiji. What, what, I mean, there's Fiji not, probably, there's no better show right now. Because you're right, Fiji um, probably has two coronavirus cases. Exactly. I mean, they, they could probably go to New Zealand where there's zero cases and shoot one of the islands. Of yeah, New just go there for two weeks. Yeah. Way to get cleared and quarantined. Yeah. You go. Now you can shoot. Like you're absolutely two right. Two weeks is gonna hinder your schedule. Like really. I agree. I agree, but some shows are going the virtual route, like Catfish on MTV. They're going to do a first ever virtual season, which this is a show you can do a virtual season. Yeah, you I know? can see this. Like you it, know, you yeah. could have somebody coming up on you know b- bombing their Zoom chat and saying that you've been catfished or whatever. Um, that could probably work. Or uh, like a virtual date where they where you see like texting on the screens, like yeah, totally ch- chime in for chime in for uh, you know my chat. And then you yep. see somebody that doesn't look at all like their photograph. Yeah, I know, like, right? oh, really? <laughs> like, that's the joke. Like, yeah, it's, kind of a, it's kind yeah, of a one-note Jeff, joke. Have you ever been catfished before? Have I ever been catfished before? Well, I, well just for the general. <laughs> have I ever been catfished? Yeah. You're a fan of online chatting, correct? I am. <laughs> um... <laughs> this sounds like a really deep question. <laughs> the... Um... <laughs> I will say that <laughs> there have been situations that I would guess they have, but seeing as I how I am a happily married man, I uh, did not look deeply into that. Oh, that's completely fair. <laughs> are you a... are you pleading the fifth in this case? <laughs> <laughs> you're turning bright red. You're pretty tad. So He's you're... abstaining from the question. <laughs> <laughs> That's completely, completely fair. So, what do you guys think of uh, Kanye West and his presidential run? So oh, now these he already canceled it. Yeah, he canceled it. Canceled it. He already canceled it. Like, dude, come on. Try to get on. I had almost totally. You know, yeah. that was uh, that was such a huge like news story for when did they announce it? Like last last week, week last and we week. didn't have time last week to bring it up. And but now that he's out of it, you know, out of the race because he couldn't get on the ballot. For Florida and South Carolina. Here, here's the thing. Like, it's not just like, oh, I'm going to run for president. You have to file paperwork. You have to prove like your, yeah. your finance. Like, you have to prove this stuff. It's like. I guess he just wanted to sway votes, I guess, towards Biden, yeah. I guess. I don't, I don't know what his intentions were. Because no, he didn't want to sway votes towards Biden. He was Biden. just being an asshole. He, he, he yeah. supported Trump at first. He would wear the, you know, Make America Great hats. He, and then he apparently. Did that, he did he, that to get some of his friends out of prison. 
And then he renounced his loyalty yeah. to Trump, I guess. Yeah, it was he, 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 he scammed the president. <laughs> he said, I am taking the red hat off with this interview. I mean, Jesus. Yeah, he scammed he scammed the president. <laughs> it's like <laughs> the president really is a complete dunce. It's like, God, 2020. Oh. 2020, 20, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I mean, luckily we're not a p- political show, but we'll throw out a couple, you know, cancel cultures kind of, you know, I'm, I'm you know, there was, seems to have been so many episodes we did, uh, dedicated to cancel culture, but there's only a couple things in the news this week. Um, one is with Nick Cannon. So this is interesting because he's accused of making anti-Semitic comments on his podcast, saying that black people are the true Hebrews. And talked about what? the anti-Semitic conspiracy theories involving the Rothschild family. Um, and he said, it's never hate speech. You can't be anti-Semitic when we are the Semitic people. And because of that controversy, Viacom CBS um, actually terminated their long-running relationship with um, Nick Cannon. Oh. I don't know if this is going to affect his uh, hosting on Mass Singer. But Viacom CBS condemns bigotry of any kind. We categorically denounce all forms of anti-Semitism. But yes, the uh, Washington Redskins announced that they will be retiring their nickname and logo, which began its um, thorough review back in July 3rd. They have not announced the, um, the new team name, there are rumors about the Red Wolves. Does anyone have an opinion on this? Um, I thought the uh, the uh, prevailing. I don't watch football, right so now. I don't care. <laughs> the prevailing rumor as long as it doesn't about the, uh, the 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 name change is the Red Tails yeah, to honor the Tuskegee Airmen. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I think that's a great idea. Yeah. That's yeah. that would work. I'm not a I'm not a huge uh, I'm not a huge NFL fan either, but. Yeah. I mean, changing the name from Redskins, that's long, long overdue. It's been long overdue, yeah. right? Yeah. But, you know, even if they, they kept the name Redskins, I'm surprised they still kept the Native American with the like, you red, know what they done? deep you red skin. They could have kept the Redskins name and, and changed the logo to a potato. potato. Exactly. Potato. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Problem solved. Oh, they don't have to get rid of the name, man. But no, yeah. if, if it's uh, Red Wolves, I like the name. I hope, that, you know, I think. You know, it's an endangered species as well. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. But hey, as you know, red pandas, red pandas are really cool. And they have them at the <laughs> National Zoo in D.C. Yeah. A friend of mine actually suggested, why don't we call them the Washington Swamp Things? Draining <laughs> <laughs> oh, the swamp. That could be their catchphrase. <laughs> oh, also, did you know that John Wayne is now considered uh, canceled uh, due to his history of racism and homophobia there's actually dead man. <laughs> at, at, at the usc southern uh sorry the usc in southern california school of cinematic arts there was um a display an exhibit dedicated to john wayne and apparently he um you know had previous um oh so apparently wayne uh, this is what happened so apparently John Wayne admitted, I believe, in white supremacy until mm. the blacks are educated to a point of responsibility. This is in a 1971 interview. He also spoke disparagingly about Native Americans and used a homophobic slur <laughs> when discussing the film Midnight Cowboy. Well, do you, you think with like John Wayne, John Wayne was such a prevailing like 
part of pop culture when I was right. growing up. When I was growing up, and even up until um, I don't know a few years ago, there was always like I remember watching like I'm not even sure if I've ever actually watched a John Wayne movie all the way through, mm-hmm. but. But like there was no way to uh, to grow up uh, grow up in America and not watch uh, and know anything about pop culture and not know anything about John Wayne. I mean, he was so his influence was seen in so many things. Like when I was a kid, absolutely. I remember the whole well Pilgrim, you know, and I don't even know where I got that from, but it. Oh. Um, it was in so many things. And I, I really wonder, someone like well, him, do you, uh, like, do you think, like, um, people coming up now, do you think they have any idea that same kind of, like, influence John Wayne had? Probably not, because I don't think they're exposed to his work. But if this is indeed what he said, and we're now canceling people that have, you know, have been proven racist and said racist things, Man, which, here's you know, the prob- here's the problem with that is that if you go back through the list of all these people that influence culture or pop culture today, H.P. Lovecraft will be canceled. Half of his work is fucking racist. Oh, yeah, that's right. H.P. Like, Lovecraft. Y- you was can't just pick and choose, guys. Like, like everybody's yeah. everybody from the previous generations probably had racist leanings. Just just accept it. OK, it is what it is like. OK, we're not I'm not proud of the fact that somewhere deep in my family line is probably a fucking racist asshole. I'm not proud of that. OK, right. somewhere somewhere in my family, there's probably a racist douchebag. Fine. OK, I'm not one of those people, though. OK, and it's just it's it's a real it's kind of annoying to me that you're going after all these people that like John Wayne has been dead for what, 30 years now? Exactly. Like, what, what, what is canceling him gonna do? I'm still gonna watch his fucking movies. Like, Agreed. Like, what does it even mean? But now they're saying that, which makes sense, placing them within the proper archival and research context will allow the scholarship to continue on a role that John will, will John Wayne's films yeah. played in history of cinema. So, you know, same same with the, I guess the statues, uh, the Confederate statues. They're put into a museum because that was a part of American history. Yeah. Um, despite the fact that you know uh, the Confederacy was fighting for slavery. Um, yeah, I agree. They put that um, shit in a museum. Don't put it on display. <laughs> put it in a museum. Museum. But let the professionals handle the statues being taken down, guys. Yeah, I don't think you need to tear it down with you know chains and ropes and toss it into a yeah. fucking heart. Exactly. Because they're just going to drag the shit back out. <laughs> Absolutely. So now, guys, I thought it would be a good time to take a classic cut break. Um, this show is a dedicated to to the late, great Naya Rivera. Um, um, this is a classic song that we meant. Uh, someone mentioned the 27-year curse um, that Amy Winehouse had passed away. And Naya did a cover of Back to Black um, as part of the Glee soundtrack. And I thought this was incredible incredible rendition of the Amy Winehouse hit guys. So we will be back right after uh, the classic cut um, Naya Rivera of Glee from the Glee soundtrack. Amy Winehouse's Back to Black. We will be back here on Below the Belts.
Available only on live broadcasts on WMBC and below the belt show.com. Yeah, guys, that was Naya Rivera from Glee, from the Glee soundtrack that was back to black. Rest in peace, Naya Rivera, guys. Um, let's drop it up a couple of things before I bring on our special guest from the film Greyhound on Apple Plus, Apple TV Plus, that is. Hmm. Um, just a couple of Me Too things, I guess. Um, now, um, as you know, it, sometimes it can go the opposite, you know, um, where, um, well, now Johnny Depp, you know, we talked about him and his ongoing trial with Amber Heard. Um, but when you have like audio of Amber, like smacking the shit out of Johnny or, or yeah. stating that, that she smacked the shit out of Johnny, I don't think that's going to help her case. But yeah, the the trial's still going on in England, um, in the UK, and it's uh, about Johnny suing the publisher of uh, the Sun newspaper for um, labeling him a wife beater. Um, but just some crazy things started coming out of this trial. Um, one of them was uh, <laughs> this is kind of Relas- crazy. Relationships are not worth that much effort. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> one was. Uh, Amber Heard was accused of hitting him with a haymaker punch during an altercation Jesus. near the end of their, their marriage. Um, so they, he addressed that and still insists that he did not um, hit her, even though Amber did hit him with the, the um, haymaker. Also, um, she's, uh, so Johnny is accusing um, Amber or one of Amber's associates for leaving fecal matter in the bed <laughs> leaving shit literally sh- literally shit <laughs> and that's when yes. it just like just went to shit literally the, the, oh. the marriage just went <laughs> yeah man i like uh, to remind everybody these are grown adults <laughs> yeah it was some so it was like a party you know um on her 30th birthday and then apparently like she left a whole a heaping pound of shit on feces on the bed um apparently was very unhappy which i can admit um but um yeah uh, it, the, 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 um, the trial's getting really shitty right now is it <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended she's already she's already she's already got fired from michael man too is that no that's that official we don't know that I, I, 
Is it official? I don't. I, I don't think it's official yet. No. All right. If they if they fire her, just get Blake Lively to replace her because they look Ooh. exactly the same. <laughs> Ooh, they I literally look the same person. Blake Lively, man. And you know what? I met Amber Heard. She was sweet to me. You know, she was nice. But crazy's crazy, you know. But um, I don't know, man. When you leave shit in somebody's bed, that's just 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 crazy, man. Um, literally shit the bed. Literally shit the bed. Um, and Entourage star Kevin Connolly has been accused of sexually assaulting a costume designer, Gracie Fox, at the 2005 rap party for an indie film they both worked on. I guess the newest uh, Me Too story that came out of it. Apparently, he grabbed her, took her to her closet, and because he was her boss, she stayed silent, I guess. She wasn't vocal yeah. about it, and uh, now is vocal about it. 15 that's usually years how it works, unfortunately. Yeah, 15 years later, you know, um, and she also talked about the dismiss, uh, very dismissive afterwards, you know, took a pill off the couch, threw it at her, told her to clean herself up, uh, clean herself up, um, and that he was going to leave and wait for a few minutes because he didn't want anyone to see them together. Why would you throw a pillow off a couch to clean herself up? Was there like semen? Maybe use the couch. I, I don't know. To clean. <laughs> Pretty Use your disturbing. imagination, or don't. It's fine. Yeah, pretty disturbing. Yeah, man. But you, you got to feel for Johnny Depp, though, man. I mean, supposedly he, he lost 650 million in movie earnings. Um, Jesus Christ! Dude, Is it dude, really that worth it? With, with due to these legal um, woes that he's having. Jesus Christ, man! Isn't that crazy, dude? 650 million dollars. 650 million, guys. Just yes. To a... Settle a debate with your ex. Well, so okay, so this uh, maybe. So I so clarify. so how does that math work? Well, I guess I should so clarify. He's got all of his lawyers on retainer, so he has to pay them whether they're in court or not. Yeah. Yeah, but that's not six hundred. That's not sixty-five um, percent so of a billion dollars worth. Well, this is, a, this is a meeting with his accountant in 2016. Okay, he had lost six hundred fifty million in movie earnings prior to the incident. Um, or maybe it's also he had to turn down work because of the because of the proceedings. Still, six hundred fifty million dollars. I don't know. Jesus, it's a lot. How much does he get paid per movie? Like maybe like twenty. You was getting million? paid twenty million a movie. Yeah. Yep. Oh well. <laughs> All right, let's get our. Uh, we will be uh, having our special guest join us. He just just told him to join the chat, man. You don't have to message us. Just join us. Um, so whenever he's ready to join, um, just join. Um. And uh, I guess the last gossip news while waiting for Joseph, um, Jada Pinkett and Will Smith in the news. Um, they just wanted to um, tell their side of the story about Jada's relationship with August Alsina um, when uh, they were um, separated. Uh, the couple, uh, Will and Jada, are have resolved, I guess, everything. All right, yeah, let's go ahead and introduce our special guest, of the evening on Below the Belt show, an up-and-coming young actor, Joseph Poliquin. Joseph, good to have you. They call you Joe for, uh, yeah, for uh, Joe, informally, buddies. Or, uh, okay, Joe, Joe Poliquin. Um, my gosh, we just watched Greyhound on Apple TV+. <laughs> Plus. Wow, what 
a film. You must be so proud to be a part of this, this great, great war film. Oh, yes, indeed. It's it's unbelievable. It's unlike anything I've ever experienced in my life. <laughs> wow. Well, first of all, let, let's talk about just working with um, the legend that is Tom Hanks. I mean, everyone in the uh, entertainment industry strives to be the next Tom Hanks, or just to even grow <laughs> You know, um, I, I, your thoughts, I guess, being on set because uh, you guys are in close quarters on, on this sh- on this ship, you know, that you're, yeah. you're shooting on, um, which pretty much majority of the film takes place on the ship. Um, t- tell us about just just working with Tom. Um, I mean, where do I begin, man? Uh, at first, I didn't I didn't even know what my part was going to be in the movie. I didn't know if I was going to be working with Tom or what was going to be happening. Um, I went to boot camp. Of course, you know, once I, I did a 15-page audition and got a callback, I was like, oh, boot camp to go to be in a Tom Hanks movie? Of course. Absolutely. What <laughs> you guys going to be teaching me? Absolutely. Right. I'm not going to miss out on this. So I uh, showed up to boot camp. Tom Hanks wasn't there. You know, it was just us. But I, there was, like, these actors that I was starting to recognize. And I'm, like, looking around, and I'm like, wait, I know that guy. And I know, and I know that guy and that guy. And then I realized quickly that I was the only guy here in boot camp that I didn't recognize from something else. <laughs> I was like, what is going on, man? Yeah, so we, you know, they, they told us our positions. They came up to us one day with uh, some tape, and they just put tape on our back, and it had our jobs on the boat, on the ship. And then they, they taught us everything they could about a Navy destroyer in such a small amount of time because they didn't want to overwork us in boot camp for the fact that the people that were getting thrown into the, into the war in 1942 didn't have that much preparation. So they didn't want us to be prepared for it. Yeah, it was it's crazy. But I made lifelong friends, and then the first day we met Tom Hanks, he just walked in the set. And do you guys curse on this show? Yes, oh, yeah. We're well into that at this point. The first thing he says, dude, he walks out and he goes, "What's up, fuckers?" It was like from that point on, it was like the you know the family member that I'd never got to meet in real life. He's been there throughout my whole family, like inspired me to love and just create and just yes. and he, ne- he never knew it you know and then one day i get to meet him and work with him and he i told him i said thank you so much for casting me on your film and he said oh thank you pelican i'm just glad to let me make it finally <laughs> <laughs> so so tom is a writer producer of this film as well so he was actively involved with the casting process yep. so he saw everybody's audition tapes i'm, I'm guessing oh yeah he told my agent make sure to tell joseph that we picked him for his talent and not because he was local and I think that meant more to me than anything else. Right. Cause, uh, so you're a, a Louisiana-based actor, yes? Yes, sir. And a lot of the um, the shooting took place in Louisiana. So I'm glad they're giving the local town of Louisiana a chance to shine. So that's, <clears throat> that's Thank incredible. you. Awesome. But the fact that Tom Hanks hand-picked your audition tape <laughs> uh, is, is pretty rad, man. I think that's really, really cool. Man, thank you. Uh, yeah. it, it is pretty nuts. I, I will say, you know, I, I got to the point in my life, I was living off my buddy's couch for a week. I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. And I'm like, man, I've, I've been trying this acting thing for a while. I really yeah. hope that something, you know, breaks. And I prayed about it, man. And I got a call the next day from my agent. And she was like, hey, Tom Hanks is coming to town. And he really, you know, he's looking for anyone who's got any military experience. I was like, well, I don't have military experience, but my, my grandfather was a Marine. There you go. <laughs> my whole life, he's always been a Marine. So, I mean, that's there, you know. What, and, uh, what were you able to learn? <laughs> what were you able to learn from your grandfather? The, the oh, well, like, 
I already knew that the salutes that you see in, in most movies and stuff, like, they're not real. Yes. When you, see, when you see someone salute like this and then they push their hand away from their face, like, really quickly, that doesn't exist. That's actually insulting. And I already knew some of that stuff. So that helped yeah. me, you know, even though you, we didn't, they didn't keep a lot of the stuff that we shot for character building purposes. They actually cut Rob Morgan's parts, my parts, Stephen Graham's parts. They cut so many parts out of the film because they wanted it to look like it was an over-the-shoulder Tom Hanks experience. You, because that's how the book was written. Ah, you know, they, yeah. so, the, name, so you had name, a lot more dialogue we didn't see. Oh, well, a lot. They cut like five or six like deep scenes, like some funny stuff too. I was like a, a comic relief character, but yeah. when I saw the finished cut, I was like, he's right though. I, I come in with this dialogue that speeds the ship up, and then the rest of you know, if you've seen the movie, I don't want to spoil it for everybody. But, yes, but, like, the myself and Jesse has, yes. Okay, yeah. cool. There's, there's a big chunk of the film where the acting is all in our faces, like the people in the ship. Like the guy next to me, he's he, his name is Casey Bond. He's an amazing actor. He's the main uh, baseball player in Moneyball. And he's going off about the rudder directions, and everyone else around him is silent for a good, like, ten minutes. Just give them different, like, moments, you know, in our face. And right. Even though they cut out so much of the stuff we had like shot, like there's a scene of me humping the engine telegraph at a at a point. Like oh that's my how gosh. It, yeah, it actually went that far at one point. And they were like, pretend like the telegraph is the booty. And it was just like the funniest, craziest time on scene. Do you think the comic relief would have taken away from yeah. the film? I think so. That, I really did. Yeah. Because you had that moment where you were whistling, right? That was you, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and they told you stop making that noise. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so I can imagine that's kind of where they were taking your character. But yes, for the overall film, I think the comic relief would have seemed a little out of place. Yeah, it, it would have. And I'm not going to say anything else about the other scenes, even though you guys have seen it. But other things they had to cut because it was PG-13. And you you might know what yeah. I'm talking about if you go back and watch it a few times. You might notice <laughs> like that they they really shied off on some things because it's PG-13. <laughs> And uh, but I still don't mind. I'm still like I'm so happy to be a big part of it. And just it's crazy, man. It's insane. That is amazing, man. Tell us about working. Oh yes, Jesse, go ahead. It, it, it's it's my favorite kind of movie. It was it's uh it's bottleneck action. It's a solid ninety minutes, and it's like we're stuck in one location. Get from there to there, and that's the whole movie. Like oh. Dread 2012 was like that. Assault on oh, Precinct really? 13. It's like it focuses the action into one place. So it const it's constantly tense. Like I, I literally watched this this yeah. afternoon as soon as I got home from work and I was just like, I was blown away by it. Like <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm the big film guy on the, on the podcast. I have another show where I talk about film and, and uh, uh, film, um, film language and film production. So oh, yeah. if I'm saying it's really, really good. It's yeah, it's good. It's really, it's, <laughs> Genuinely amazing. I really love it. I yeah. really love this movie. The fact that so cool. it's a war film that it's 90 minutes because yeah. right. most war films are, are like the, the Irishman length, you know, <laughs> two, oh, yeah. two and a half yeah, hours. They push hours. the length a lot. Do you know why yeah. they decided to make it an abbreviated war film as opposed to you know a long epic? <clears throat> Honestly, it, I, I talked to Aaron Schneider the other night. We, yeah, had, we had a cast meeting. And it was it was a great meeting. And um, he told me like, oh no, we didn't cut much out of it. And the whole cast like just got quiet on the Zoom chat because we all knew they did. <laughs> we all knew they did. He was like, but the script really was written to be 94 minutes. And the reason why they 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 kept it that way, like they had some things they cut, just a few things. Um, and a lot of 
character building. Like just like Rob Morgan had a scene where him and Tom's characters talk about how they already knew each other before they were on the ship. When I saw that that was cut, I was like, wow, that's a big scene to cut from this film. Yeah. They did this purposefully. You know, they, they knew, hey, and Tom even did uh, one of the interviews he did that was a promo for the movie. He said, you can't have your watch, which is the captain's watch, uh, governed by this nagging feeling of am I wrong? And I was yeah. like, talking about the way he's doing this film. It's a lot different than what people think. And I think that if you guys watch it multiple times, you might start noticing that, like, I saw Apple post, I searched on Google for the Greyhound, like, videos all the time, and I'll put uh, the search settings under the most recently posted, and the day before Greyhound was released, Apple uploaded five different versions of the film, and they all have different running times by, like, a few seconds. What? Yeah, and it's, it's just proven. You can go look at this. I, was, I took screenshots of it, too, because I was like, what? I couldn't get over it. I was like why would they upload so many well, versions so it's just like this rumor floating around that there's yeah. a slight I, difference to everything for your else. sake and for all of us I, I think it would be great to see the original longer film with all of your scenes intact because we do oh, want man. to see yours joseph like, we want to see that comic relief movie. yeah yeah it no made doubt. too funny it made too funny yeah. um talk to us about i guess um shooting on this ship i'm reading here it's from montreal originally from the montreal navy um, um I'm not sure if that's the case from from the article I read, um, but how did they? I guess I, I'm sure I'm assuming a lot of um, CG effects for the water and, but tell us about how how the ship was set up for shooting. I'm curious about that. Well, most of the ship shots were for extras and exterior establishing shots of the ship, or if you ever see the front of the ship, they uh, they get on little boats and they pull it around the ship because it's docked on the levee in Baton Rouge. And, okay. they, and I used to tour the USS Kid with uh, like my third grade and fourth grade classes doing like field trips. So I, was, I never would have thought I was making a movie with Tom Hanks on the ship one day in my hometown. <laughs> I would have never guessed it, man. But like they, they pull these little tiny boats around and the boats are pushing platforms. Then the guys jump off the boats on the platforms and they put up these giant green screens in front of the boats. So that when they're shooting on these cranes that are flying left to right over the boat, you're only seeing the front of the boat and then the green screens are wrapped around it. It's genius. I don't, I, I, man, seeing this stuff in real life, I wasn't even supposed to be there for the boat scenes because all of my scenes were with Tom on set, right? I wasn't right. with the extras most of the time. Uh, we had a few extras with us outside the windows and stuff. That was it. The portholes, excuse me. Sorry, Dale. <laughs> but uh, we had a few extras there. But one day I told Tom, I was like, hey, man, you were coming, you know, it was, it was the end of the three month stint and we're getting close to the end of it. And I went, I would love to see you guys filming on the, on the kid one day. It just, it looked like it'd be epic. I've been seeing you know, pictures in the cast are showing me. And he was like, yeah, you want to get on there? Okay, sure. And they just put me on the schedule one day and I wasn't even supposed to be working, but they're like, well, just for in case. That's how he got. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's like, just in case we need you, and, you know, just to see what it's like. And he like brought me in. So I was pretty much, it was that awesome scene with Will Foley where, where the Vasco goes by and it almost, it, I'm not going to give it away. <laughs> you know, oh yeah. And, and he goes, <laughs> we can warn our listeners. Full. He's all head full. And Will Poland's just like stunned in fear. And he goes, son, you heard the order. I love that scene so much. That seems like it was such good acting from Will in that moment. It's just, oh, it was epic. But that, I was pretty much just there for him to run in and look me in the eyes and scream the order to me. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> just like screaming back. <laughs> But I'm like, Tom has got me here so I can see him shooting this. This is cool. I was like, he's such a good dude. <laughs> that is awesome, man. Um, dude, I, you got two other huge movies. I guess we can kind of pivot to those because um, we can certainly go back to um, 
Greyhound a little later, but uh, my gosh, you have a film on Netflix. I just saw this trailer, Project Power, with mm-hmm. Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Jamie Foxx. Right. And this is so rad. I mean, you're, you're going into superhero realm with a little bit of Matrix thrown in with the pills and everything. Uh, <laughs> but please, uh, tell us about your role in, in, that, in that film. Um, I, I guess you're playing a stoner type of character, which yeah. I think is awesome. Uh, you, you did a great job of introducing me, but we got to give credit to Dominique Fishback. She is the heart and soul of that film. She's okay, the, yes, she's yes, the new up-and-coming queen. If I forget it, anybody, I'm, please throw them out. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll do, we'll do. And, uh, yeah, she's a queen of cinema. She's a great yes. actress, actor. She's an amazing actor. And I think that everyone's going to love this movie. But, yes, you're right. My character's name is Endo. So his name is obviously named after in- Indica. So it's just a funny character already. He's hilarious. <laughs> I, I can't tell you what I'm wearing in some of the scenes, but I just I think you guys would love the, the costume they gave me because it just fits this character. Um, this is, unlike Greyhound, I'm not a, a man in, you know, armor and like scared to yeah. go into some place i'm this punk college kid you know but then i still i still get to bring in some like really gripping like moments and then i have fight sequences and i can explain that it, mm-hmm. there's so much i can't tell you about but i can't say that this sounds like a pretty sizable role yes oh yeah well I'm, god i wish i could say well oh, you can't you can't, uh, really, yeah. you can't allude to uh, it okay i'll just maybe i can get away with saying this definitely uh, if they I don't know if you guys noticed, they credited us at the end of Greyhound in order of appearance, which is really good. It was in my favor. But if this movie credited me or credited us in a, according to appearance, I think we'd be so happy to see that. Oh, <laughs> nice. It's, like, it's an okay. epic film, man. And I'll, I will say that, like, Netflix does it right. I've never seen Netflix do an original film that they didn't put their heart and soul into. So they were always on set making sure everything was going well. And from the from the start of being on that had this feeling i was like this is going to be something that people are going to love watching over and over and over it's going to be like a marvel film that wasn't from marvel it's going to be like netflix's yes. I, I would i wouldn't even doubt that it's so good that you want to see more in the franchise if there is one i'm sure yeah. how how was henry juiced and ariel schulman god they're the best i've never worked with two directors back to back like that right yeah like, mm-hmm. and you know they, they do that they direct together so I've never worked with two directors back to back. Like, so one of them gives you a pointer, and if the other one's not around at that very moment, you, you gotta you gotta be ready for what's, what's coming next. Because the other, you know, like Errol would come up, he'd give me a pointer, and then Henry would come up, he'd give me a pointer, and I'm like, oh crap, I gotta I gotta pay attention to both of these things, and they're completely different than what I was like. So this pointer he gave me is already heavy, and I go, okay, I gotta make sure to bring that to the scene. But then he gives me this one, and I'm like, oh, that's oh what. So I, like you get into the scene and you're like, okay, from the start of it, you have to remember both of these very important things yeah. and all your lines for the scene and the, the emotion. <laughs> do I want to make this funny? Do I make this not funny? Is this supposed to be me panicking or is this me, you know, engrossed in our motive? And it's just it gets so like intense. And then after the scene's done, it, you gave such a good performance because you had like four eyes on you at all times instead of just two in the directing chair. And it was it just crafted something awesome. And I told them I was like, man, working with both of y'all together, you guys are so good at not repeating each other. Like it's not like it's not like Ariel would come up and go, 
hey, I want you to make sure that you get off the bike like this and then kick the bike. And then Henry would come up and be like, hey, when you get off the bike, let's do this. So they were never competing or like combating. Yeah, which is why they usually have one director usually so that no exactly. one steps on each other unless they they're brothers, be. you know, or, or you they know. They might as well be. You know, yeah, something like that. that. Yeah. Like the Farrelly brothers or the Russo brothers, things like that. But yes, that is so cool. And, and the, I just love the trailer, man. It just looks. Oh, mm. really, yeah, the trailer I, looks really fun. Really yeah. dope, man. Yeah. If you could pick a pill, which pill would you choose? And which power would you prefer? This is theoretical. <laughs> because yeah, I think it lives with different powers on there. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, with the with the with the project power, it's all that's the scary thing. You don't get to pick the pill; it's all the same pill, and you have a power inside of you you don't know about. So when you take it, it's like ah, that's right. It's not yeah, the pill; yeah. it's yeah, what's so, inside you that yep. manifests manifests yeah. that ability, I guess, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. So if I had to choose a power, I hope would unlock inside of me. Um, God, man, the power of flight. I just mm. I don't know why I want the power of flight. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I just, but it only I mean, lasts. I hate planes. Planes terrify me. Greyhound, <laughs> you guys saw Greyhound for that scene. The scene I will not talk about. For that scene, they flew me to New Jersey. I got off set at 9 p.m. and I got a call from the AD, and he's like, "Hey, hey, you don't like planes, I know, and I'm sorry to tell you this, but you're going to New Jersey." And I'm like, "What? Okay, well, do I have time to drive?" He's like, "No, you got to be there at 6 a.m. tomorrow." I'm like, "Oh snap!" I have to get on a plane right now. He's like, "Oh yeah, your flight leaves in two hours." I'm like, <laughs> "Wait, two hours?" <laughs> yeah, in two hours. Like, no, oh, but I was, I was just gonna say no. That was one of the coolest things. Because I was like, "So the power of flight would have helped." Right. So yeah, power of flight would definitely help me because I hate planes. Um, <laughs> but you only get the power for five minutes, though, right? Yeah, true. So I have to, I have to make sure. You have like, to time it. <laughs> yeah, you got, you got to time it. Really, really that really well. suck if you're in mid-flight and all of a sudden, oh shit, oh. Shit. <laughs> you might, yeah, you might want to go the, um, you know, hyperspeed, I guess. <laughs> what, what, what power would you guys want? Wow, that's a great question, man. Um, oh, I would, I, I would say I would want to stop time. That's like oh, my yeah. absolute. Wow. But you can only stop it for five minutes, General. <laughs> well, you can do a lot in five minutes. I think <laughs> stopping time doesn't it mean that the five minutes is negligible. Because yeah, that's you a good point. Time. There you go. Oh, <laughs> I think it's wow. visibility. If we're talking about the time frame <laughs> of five minutes. Have to, if, 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 if we get a, a premiere, like an actual you know, casual premiere. You know, Let's hope Kobe's, so, right? <laughs> if we do, then uh, I would love to ask Henry and Rel that question. Like, if you can <laughs> stop time. This, this is the question this podcast host asked. If you can stop time. But it only lasts five minutes. How does that work? <laughs> like that's a, that's a yeah, good yeah. So you have to pick very specific points in your life, I guess, general, right? That you want to stop time for. Yeah. I think yeah. invi- I think invisibility would be really cool for five minutes. I think you can you can do some really devious things or mm. cool things yeah, uh, sure. within that five minutes of invisibility. <laughs> you'd be uh, you'd be blind. Don't. You'd be blind, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because the way your eyes see is that the light hits your retina. What happens if your retina is invisible? Whoa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Technically, like invisibility doesn't work. Awesome <laughs> Sorry. That, that is interesting. That is interesting. Can you talk about on a personal level of, of working with either Joseph or Jamie? I can say I did get to work with Joseph Gordon-Lutz, and uh, he, he also goes by Joe, and he is a fatherly person he's he always talks about his kids and he's i'm such a big fan of his all right i used to watch yes. 30, the third rock from the sun all the time 
So uh, God, I keep picturing him when we're working together. I'm just like, I'm not gonna say how it happens, but when he entered <laughs> the scene with me, I just kept picturing him with long hair. That is going way back. Wow. Yes, you are. Wow. But like, you know, as as someone who's always our job consists on making the PAs have a good time, even if it's not laughing, making you know them think that we're very right. respectful and you know precise and very polite. So it's like we're always having to stick to our toes, especially if we're in the comedy roles. We have to always make people laugh because that's what we expect, right? So we're trying to be this way, but then you worry. You're like, is there ever a moment that I just don't have to be like judged for what I say for a second, and I can just you know just talk about normal days like. <laughs> Oh, the weather's kind of hot, and it not feel like someone's like, that's corny. You know what I mean? You get this feeling sometimes. But I'm sitting there, and here comes Joseph freaking Gordon-Levitt. Walks up, goes, hey, what's up? And then he just starts talking about the coffee. And he's like, yeah, the coffee's good. It was pretty good yesterday. I love it. It was a pretty good day. I, I put an extra sugar in there. And then I'm just like, <laughs> that's Joseph Gordon-Levitt talking about something that doesn't matter. <laughs> it's like, it's so awesome. <laughs> like, like, you don't always have to be on point, and you could just be like, I don't want to talk right now. This is just good coffee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Talk about the most casual pedestrian things with, with yeah. a, um, a celebrity. If, if it's early call times, nobody wants to talk about anything. <laughs> no, was, that was late call time. Yeah, was, oh, please. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Coffee is so much needed, man. Well, I'm looking <laughs> forward to this. Comes out on Netflix. Uh, Netflix in August. August 14th. August 14th. So that's another film, man. You're all over, Super man. Super exciting. App, you're all over streaming platforms. Right. You got Apple crazy, TV man. covered. <laughs> you got Netflix covered with Project Power. Sci-fi. I'm curious about this <laughs> other film because um, Happy Death Day was a fun film with Jessica oh, Rhodes. Um, and you're working with Harry Shum Jr. of Glee and Jay Farrow of SNL, Chrissy Fit from Pitch Perfect, a film called All My Life. Um, and you're playing a cancer patient. Um, yeah. What can you tell us about this project? Uh, I can tell you a lot about this project because of the fact that it's a true story. It's out there. If you want to learn the story, much like Greyhound, there is not much that was secret except for the things that he wrote in there that weren't in real life. So my character is based on... Like, my character's one of the only characters that wasn't really part of the true story, but was based... I usually, I usually get those characters for some reason. was based on what <laughs> cool. happened with someone who may or may not have wanted their name or their likeness to be portrayed in the film. But um, I meet Harry, Jum, Harry Shum Jr.'s uh, character in Cancer Treatment. And, I mean, like, that pretty much tells you enough you know about my character and about uh, the kind of wild ride you're in for for this movie but i will say this look at the cast you got john radnitsky you got molly Hagan, you got jay farrow it's directed by mark myers he always does crazy like like horror movies or like you know psychotic thrillers like uh, my my friend Dahmer. so you're already like wow what am i in for this is this is a movie that's running for the, the place of the notebook you know it's a true gripping story about a relationship of a yes. woman named Jim Carter. Jim Carter is an amazing woman. Like she's one of the nicest people I've ever met, but she's also just like, she went through this entirely just, oh, I don't want to say like heavy hitting or hard to like live through, but like, I want people to look up her story. You know, I do. Cause like, if, if you were like me, you knew about her story. You knew about her story when the crowdfunding platforms were first, you know, getting somewhere, they were actually helping people and they helped her and her husband in this time of need and that's what the story's about how there's their lives changed millions of people's lives around the world with their hope and 
God, man, it's a great story, and I can't talk about it enough. It's an amazing movie. And awesome. The, the role I got, I'll, I will say this, dude. The role I, that I got at the end of the, the most heavy scene that I was in, Jessica Roth and Harry Shum Jr. came up to me and hugged me tightly, and we like all kind of like were crying together. And like, really? it was pretty epic, man. Yeah, it was pretty epic, man. That yeah. is awesome. Jessica Roth, she's definitely very easy on the eyes. Whew. She's a beautiful person. She's also got a beautiful soul. But, like, she's another person that when you meet them, they're just like a family, you know, like a family person. Like, they, they just, they love their family. They brag about, like, their the little things, like their their husband doing something so, like, sweet, but it's something we would hope to do, yeah. to do for, you know, our loved ones. And it's just like, that's nice. She's not over here going, oh, look at me on the cover of this magazine. Look at me becoming this big celebrity. Look at me doing... She's talking yeah. about the things that matter, you know? That is cool. That I is like, really cool. That's really cool to hear that. So this is uh, released later this year from Universal. Do you think it will get the theatrical release, or do you think, are we looking at a streaming platform for this film? Gotta hope it gets theatrical. It deserves theatrical. Dude. Yeah, I never know. How was Louisiana in general with, with the whole pandemic and just the, the day-to-day activities with you? Well, we are mandatory masks on now, so if you go into any stores, you have to have masks on. But our public parks are open because our governor and mayor know that if you're not within six feet of anyone, then you're obeying this six feet apart you know, mandate. Um, I always have my mask on me at all times. Like just there you always, go. Because you never know like when someone new might just knock on the door and be like, oh, we're here to check your internet or you know, you go to McDonald's and it says mask only and all the patrons are standing there waiting for their food. But then you see the people that are cooking with their masks like this. <laughs> yeah. like, what the hell is the point? We're, we're the ones obeying the rules and you got people yeah. working with our food, not obeying the rules. <clears throat> so it's, it's a scary situation. But I think Tom Hanks is the canary in the coal mine. I think he's a testament to how strong humans are. That's how right. Or what he was one of the early us. people who got, got infected. That's right. He was, I think, four years old and type two diabetic, and he survived. What were you saying? Oh well, I was gonna say I think he was the first uh, known celebrity to him and uh, his wife. Yeah, him and his wife. Yeah, absolutely. So Joseph, Reed Wilson went to to rap on a video to show people my lungs still work, man. (laughs) (laughs) What are you saying, General? So Joseph. what would you rather have success in? Because I see you, you're also a musician. Would you rather have, like, a great acting career or be, like, a big rock star? Oh, you call it, man. Um, rock star status is kind of scary. I don't really shoot for that. But I would shoot for, like, Jason Mraz of metal. <laughs> that <made me> feel, <laughs> like, that's kind of what I'd hope for. Like, I want, I want to make a song that's heavy and has, like, crunchy guitars yeah. and bass drums, but then has, awesome. like, a catchy chorus that... You you want to listen to it your wedding day and at your funeral. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you still like like do you still record with your band? I do, but my band is pretty much like my buddy Tevin plays bass with me, and he's, cool. he's actually off camera. My buddy Tevin plays bass, and we just get drummers to fill in because that's the hardest part oh. to find a dedicated drummer who's not going to become an astrophysicist or a doctor. like they do they they quit and become like underwater welders and stuff (laughs) you're like but you were so good at drums (laughs) yeah but now i'm good at welding that's a that's a very specific profession you became an underwater welder that's very specific (laughs) hey you can make a great living as an oh yeah i i I have no doubt i have no doubt yeah (laughs) 
What what genre of uh, is Henry V? Your band? Uh, I would say it is alternative rock metal. Uh, easy listening, <laughs> I guess. Heavy metal. Just grabbing a heavy, easy listening, heavy metal. Yeah, sure. <laughs> two opposite sides of the spectrum. I could. <laughs> hey, man, I could easily listen to heavy metal. <laughs> there you go. I love That's it. Nice. I love it. I love it. Um, also reading here that uh, one of your first gigs was on American Horror Story, and this yeah. was the uh, the freak show season, correct? Yeah. Yeah, because I, I I saw that. Yeah. So no no dialogue in the your featured uh, background, I guess. You see, I want people to know this too. Like you, it's all part of how like how hard you work for something you dream of. So I didn't want to be an act. I wanted to be an actor. Let me rephrase that. I wanted to. I didn't think it was possible i wasn't pursuing it i wasn't you know, right i wasn't a wannabe actor <laughs> like you have to go from the the phase of being a wannabe actor to like doing it which, which involves it. background work yes mm-hmm. yeah so i just but this guy just told me hey they're looking for extras for for american horror story and i had been on set as an extra and it was cool you get paid and you get free food to just watch your favorite celebrities do their thing and if you don't learn stuff from watching people make films so I, I was I was always loving that, and I would take that back to like a YouTube channel and doing short films myself. Yeah. But I can't act in the short films that I do. So I, I never thought it'd be possible for me to be an actor, but I knew how the business worked so well that I was like, all right, once they picked me for American Horror Story, I was like, I'm gonna learn so much from the set. I'm just gonna I'm I'm glad like I we got lucky. I wasn't just an extra on one episode. I was a background player. They called me background artist. If they want to yeah, call me. Yeah, yeah, core. But, you're a core. Yeah, it was core background one five, and we were yeah. there from day one to day zero, like all the way through the shoot for seven months. And the show was on TV while we were working on it, so I was getting people like contacting me, like, "Hey, man, I gotta know what happens next episode. I know you know." <laughs> He's like, I know <laughs> and it was just like I'd never experienced that before, but I knew I was just there to learn. And if I got lucky, to, and I did get lucky to get some good FaceTime with a machete, yeah, <laughs> second last episode. But I was like, I don't need the face i'm gonna need is this knowledge because i'm really starting to want more to act and i'm, I'm seeing it as almost possible because i'm only three feet away from finn whitrock and evan peters and they're having the craziest most emotional scene in the season and i'm right next to them I, I feel this energy so i was holding the door open for him and we've been working for a few weeks together at the time and he goes what's up brother how you been I'm like, I'm good. he goes you've been here for a while you're gonna be here the whole time are you your core and I'm like, yep yeah i am he goes, that's pretty cool. And he saw me staring at his, his uh, foam hand. When oh, were... look, he's a lobster boy. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And I have gauges. So I, I mean, I kind of love the fact that I got gauges and then became an actor because makeup always has to cover these. Yes. Like, yes. For period pieces like American Horror Story Freak Show. And so they, they had me in the makeup trailer right next to Evan Peters. And I'm just <laughs> in the background. So like we were talking. Yeah. So I was staring at his, his hands that day. And he remembered that. And he's like, you were looking at these, he's like, you want to feel them? And I'm like, yeah, dude. So I got to feel his, his lobster hand. Oh, how cool, like, man. Like foam. Like the kind but, of foam you put on a keychain that if you drop in like the water I, off a boat, it would float. Yeah. <laughs> like that. I, I'm reading that Evan and Kathy Bates are the ones that encourage you to pursue acting. Is that true? That is absolutely true, man. Really? I, what did I, I was like, you? I could be a background, a background artist, as they called me. I was like, I could do that because I got picked up on uh, – I had, yeah. I had uh, was it, uh, Hot Pursuit. I didn't audition for that. They just liked my look and picked me. So I was yeah. like, whoa. But I was in the scene. It was just us three. And I was like, whoa, this is insane. So after that had happened, I was like, man, I really I want to go for this. So I just started you know, shooting the shit with them. I was like, man, watching you guys was insane tonight. I was like, I've seen you a couple weeks now. But like, 
you're my mom's favorite actor. <laughs> I was like, I think you're pretty good too. Yes. Watching you and Finn Wittrock tonight was insane. And I don't even know him. I was like, I don't even know Finn Wittrock at the time. He wasn't. Yeah. Like, so I was like, I was like, but he's an amazing actor. I was like, you guys inspire me. You make me feel like it's possible because I'm watching you do it. He goes, it's absolutely possible, brother. He goes, and I think you got it. You got it. If you want to do it and you have that energy, he's like, you got it, man. I think you can be an actor. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah. I was like, where? I hate to be one of those token people like, hey, baby. Where do I start? And he's like, he's got to get headshots and an agent, man. And that that should be your focus at first. Just yep. get headshots and an agent. You might not get the agent because I ended up getting headshots, which you can just get those on Craigslist if you get a good enough uh, right headshot photographer. It'll, Absolutely. It'll you get an audition. And then I got an audition and got a lead role on Sci-Fi, and it was all because Evan Peters believed in me. Kathy Bates wait, just said a bunch of nice things. Wait, about which me, uh, which lead role? <laughs> which lead role are you alluding to on Sci-Fi? Um, hashtag Follow Friday. It's a film by the, the creators of Sharknado. So it's oh, really yes. cool. So you know what you're in for, though, man. Yes, follow, hashtag Follow Friday. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I'm the lead. I'm the lead male actor in that movie. Oh and, yeah, the college nerd who develops a website for amateur local detectives. Sweet. It's corny as it all could possibly be. I, you know, so I like cool. Sharknado, so I'm gonna have to check this cool. one out. All right, cool. Yeah, I love I mean, it, it's, it's not as bad as I'm not gonna say Sharknado is bad, but they even say Sharknado is bad. <laughs> it's, it's like it's almost like the Sharknado team tried to take it serious in a bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome, man. Of course, Matt, my gosh. You're all over the streaming platforms. Well, right now, Apple TV Plus with Greyhound uh, currently at 81% critics and 79% audiences. That's what? very good awesome. on Rotten Tomatoes. And uh, I believe one of the highest uh, rated uh, <clears throat> films on Apple TV Plus, um, which yeah. is another positive thing, which is great. Um, they got to break the numbers. Yeah. Um, like Hulu's top film was um, Palm Springs and now Apple TV's uh top film is your film greyhound so you got to be happy about that which is awesome um my gosh man we, we can't we're so um excited to have you on joseph because we know you're gonna just blow up like crazy now you, this is uh amazing you got all my life coming out soon project power on netflix so yes. we really uh thank you so much for uh being a part of uh below the belt show and uh if you could before we let you go uh let us know who you are, because I think I butchered your last name. But <laughs> let us oh, know yeah. who you are. And um, also throw out your uh, uh, Project Power, All for Life, and Greyhound. And then let us know you're on Below the Belt and whatever you want at the end. What's up? I'm Joseph Poliquin. This is Below the Belt. It's been a great podcast. You can find me at Instagram at J-O-E-S-Y underscore Pelican. All right. Awesome. Um, one more, if you can also throw out Greyhound, um, All My Life, and Project Power. Okay, cool. Or, or since All My Life is not out yet, yeah. maybe, <clears throat> maybe just Greyhound and Project Power. Right. You can find Greyhound on Apple TV Plus right now. Project Power will be on Netflix August 14th. Awesome. Rock on. You tie that all together. Joseph, thanks for calling in to BTB Below the Belt Show. Thanks for calling in, man. Hey, thank you all, man. Have a good night. Have a good one, Thank too. you. Good night. Peace. Guys, Joseph Poliquin. I think I did pronounce that uh, name correctly. I thought yeah, I um, yeah. yeah, yeah, I, I thought. Um, but um, you got ourselves see, some fun guests. At yeah, least in the shows I've been great on. Great guests here on BTV, mm-hmm. man. Um, Jesse, um, if you just hang on tight for a few minutes, I think we're pretty much almost done. Just to wrap up the show. Yeah, yeah, I can hang out. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, yeah. Th- that, yeah, I pretty- doesn't know, I, I wake up at four 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 fifty in the morning to go to work. 
So. <laughs> so. Okay. I, yeah, for a bit it doesn't matter. <laughs> but here's the, here's, the, here's the positive side. I get off at 2.30. There you go. Do you the rest of the day is all mine. Side. So it's like, you, there's a positive side. I get the rest of the day to myself. When you, when you don't go to bed early, do you make up from the 2.30 mark to whenever? Or no, not uh, you? No, I just drink more coffee. Okay, very good. Very good. Because <laughs> if I go to sleep in the middle of the day, I'm not going to sleep in the yeah. night. So it's like I have to force myself to stay awake. Well, I went through pretty much all the entertainment stuff, like kind of rushed it at the end. Yeah. But really, the only thing I wanted to throw out was the UFC Fight Island, which happened uh, last Saturday because we had Ariane Celeste, the most gorgeous octagon girl, <laughs> the most famous one as well. When um, we talked a little bit about it, but uh, it went down uh, as the one of UFC's most successful shows hmm. in the company's history. It had 1.3 million pay-per-view buys. Um, you know, and this was took place in Abu Dhabi, and it was in a, a, on an, an island um, with ten with a ten mile radius of nothing basically. <laughs> so it, it was pretty pretty much approved by uh, all the uh, I guess the health experts, uh, the COVID nineteen health experts, to make sure that this event went down without any issues. Everybody was healthy. Why not um, set Survivor there? <laughs> Survivor could be in Abu Dhabi, right? Like why? Why not? <laughs> like if it's on an island where there's ten miles of nothing around you in every that, direction, like there yet, you go. You're, but yeah, we're not seeing. Uh, yeah, we're not seeing uh, that happen. But um, yeah, Jorge Masvidal um, lost in a decision to Kamaru Usman, um, which apparently was a great match. I, I would love to have seen it. Um, but um, and he retains the the title. Um, and Alexander Volk. Volkanovski defeated Max Holloway mm-hmm. with a split decision. Petra Jan defeated Jose Aldo by TKO. Rose Namajunas defeated Jessica Andrade by split decision. And Amanda Rebus defeated Paige Van Sant by submission only in the first round. I was really rooting for Paige Van Sant, but what are you going to do? Uh, this Sunday, WWE brings uh, the horror show pay-per-view. Uh, Extreme Rules, the horror show. So they're going for three cinematic style matches um see this is where i'm i'm really disagreeing with wwe right now let horror and sci-fi let that be handled by movie and tv yeah they have a match called an eye for an eye match they're literally gonna have somebody gouge somebody's eye out with special effects um and they've been building up this feud for a while yes thank you so 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 what's your issue with that i'm just curious I mean, we all know that wrestling's predetermined, and it's already yeah. shows great, great athleticism and storyline. Why go to the the to why go to such extremes? The, the, you the think extreme the fantasy? Oh, okay, because um, you you still want to like yeah. maintain this. Maybe you still like, want to maintain gonna, the realism of the of the quote unquote sport. If you're gonna do that, you, know? you can get to the point where you like you kill people off. It could become just like a soap opera, a total soap opera. Well, it became, I mean, it was. I I know it is. I know it is soap opera, but it's like, which is bizarre to me. It's why I just don't, I don't get wrestling. I don't don't get it either. They're having a Wyatt Swamp fight. So they're going to have two wrestlers wrestle in a swamp. Braun Strowman, uh, the Universal Champion, takes on Bray Wyatt. I don't think the um, championship will be on the line. Why is that called a Wyatt Swamp Fight? Is it just because one of the guys is named Wyatt? Because one of the guys is named Wyatt. 
Okay. <laughs> and the third cinematic match is a bar fight between Jeff Hardy and Sheamus. We talked about this last week. They've been bringing Jeff uh, Hardy's alcoholism and drug abuse addiction to real life storylines. As you know, he's had a lot of issues with drugs and alcohol. Is that bring, in good taste? <laughs> it's in bad taste. It's in very bad taste, but WWE doesn't give a fuck. Uh, we're going to see a bar fight, also cinematic style, maybe very movie style, um, of the two wrestlers fighting in a bar. So the WWE is getting really creative because, as you know, there there was previously no audience. Now there's trainees, um, you know, so very few audience members, but the trainees kind of cheering on uh, during these matches. So they kind of have to do I, – I understand the reason why they're doing these different type of matches. I'm just not a fan. Yeah, it, you know. it's they need to provide content while COVID's going. It's exactly. Yeah, well, it is well, what it I is. Guess, uh, I guess one of the things people don't really talk about this that much, but you know, Linda McMahon is the um, she's the the chairwoman, the administrator of the Small Business Administration. Right. Oh yeah, and Vince right. McMahon was is like a good friend of Donald Trump. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. Although I guess she's not anymore. She was until 2019. Was gonna make, she, did she get ousted from from her position or she was she did she leave? I don't know. I was I just thought uh, she was still still uh, in her position. Well, well, one of the things about that is yeah. because the Small Business Administration has been um, has pretty much completely fucked up the PPP loans. Because yeah, it was they, supposed to go yeah. and uh, and I thought I was at first thinking that um, there was kind of a connection there with COVID and everything and with the uh, WWE, but it goes back further than that. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned COVID. Um, this is pretty much all I have. That that Mikul Miroslav Barnashev, uh, his real his name that everyone knows him is. Rusev, <laughs> uh, he's the latest uh, wrestler to announce that he's positive for COVID-19, although he says his symptoms are very mild, um, and it's very likely uh, his wife, WWE star Lana, also um, could be positive, but she has not announced that. Um, both of Lana's parents were hospitalized from COVID-19, so it's possible that's how they contracted it. But yeah, WWE supposedly has... 20 to 30 talent staff and crew that have tested positive for COVID. And yeah, it's kind of, they they didn't care. They didn't care when people were working. They started early. Yep. They started. uh, Yeah. They were, they were deemed an essential business, but an essential business, essential quote unquote, that's bullshit. Some of the first Vince McMahon just likes money. Yep. Well, it's, a lot of people have, have expressed disgust because, like, yeah. people like Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn, who haven't been back on television in a while, are play, you know because you can opt if you don't feel it's safe to work, you can stay home. And that's and Roman Reigns had you know battled leukemia, you know he was on chemotherapy, um, radiation treatment, so it makes all the sense in the world. So yeah, the but problem all, is if you opt out, you don't get paid. I'm not sure. Some of, these, some of these guys have downside guarantees, so I think it's a, it's all about the contract. Uh, okay. Same same way with injury. You're still paying for your injury. Uh, okay. But yeah, we always end with birthdays today on Below the Belt Show. So uh, celebrating a birthday on July 15th includes um, Linda Ronstadt, singer Linda Ronstadt, uh, 74. Terry O'Quinn, 
We've actually had Terry Quinn on Below the Belt show many years ago. Baltimore um, nice. native. Yeah, he's a Baltimore guy. Um, he's from Lost and West Wing and Alias. He is 68 today. Willie Ames from Eight is Enough and Charles in Charge is 60. Oh, it's uh, the same. Chachi's not here. Yeah, he's <laughs> Chachi in Charge, yeah. Forrest Whitaker, actor-director Forrest Whitaker is 59. Happy birthday, Forrest. Um, actress Sherry Headley is 57. Uh, Brigitte Nielsen is 57. Eddie Griffin, uh, actor-comedian, is 52. Um, Scott Foley from Scandal and Felicity is 48. Brian Austin Green and I 210 is 47. Diane Kruger is 44. She is. She's quite the hottie. Isn't she lovely, mm. man? Yeah. I am so happy to have worked with Diane Kruger on a movie called Fathers and Daughters, a very underrated film, I must say, with Russell Crowe and Amanda Seyfried. Check it out. During the Nobel Peace Prize, no, I'm sorry, Nobel Peace Prize, the Pulitzer Prize, um, you can see me clapping away <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, dressed to the nines. So check it out. She played, she played Helen to Troy, so she was supposed yeah. to be the most beautiful woman in the world. Yeah, she's beautiful. She is beautiful. Lana Perea. I just wish that movie time. was better. <laughs> Check out Fathers and Daughters and support Soto. <laughs> uh, Lana Perea from Once Upon a Time is 43. Laura Benanti from Law and Order SVU is 41. Taylor Kinney from Chicago Fire is 39. Tristan McWilds from the 90210 reboot is 31. And Ian Armitage from Big Little Lies and Young Sheldon is 12. Child actor. Hmm. Um, that is birthdays today, and that is pretty much all that I have here on Below the Belt Show. What a tremendous show, guys. Yeah. From top to bottom, thank you so much to our celebrity uh, guest, Joseph Poliquin. You can check out, check him out on Apple TV's war film produced by Tom Hanks and written by Tom Hanks called Greyhound. Also check him out uh, in the upcoming Project Power with Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Of course, we'd like to thank our panel. Um, he was on a little earlier, but uh, at, least, at least the silly goose got a little goosey uh, with us for a few. Had some technical issues, he let me know, with his Wi-Fi. Um, so he didn't stay with us for the duration. But thanks, silly goose. Kyle, for joining us. Thanks to the one and only Hardcore Bloodshot, Jesse Fresco. Mm, good to be back again. And that's right. He is the man with the calming presence. The prince of pop called the Persian. <laughs> this is, Alexis gave gave you that nickname. The Persian <laughs> prince of pop culture. Mike the General Zod. I is always great to hear to be here, and um, I know that the calming presence thing is becoming more and more ironic as uh, we do more of these Skype calls. Because you have your kids, you know, get a little crazy in the background. Yeah, but they, do, they do. They do. But Although you know it, it it happens, you're a family man. What can we yeah, say? yeah, it's it's very <laughs> it's supposed to make me relatable and endearing. <laughs> you I guess yes, yes, you are relatable because of that. <laughs> endearing, <laughs> it's too funny. And of course, I'm Al Celebrity Soto. Um, so we're gonna end with the cool cut, followed by an interview that's already posted, but we're gonna play it at the end of the program. This is. A 2015 red carpet interview I conducted with Glee actress Naya Rivera. Um, mm -hmm. Very brief, but, um, you know, I got to talk about the ending of Glee and her thoughts about that. And her, at the time she was shooting Devious Maids and 
This interview, which you can actually see in video form, uh, posted on both BelowTheBeltShow.com and our Facebook page. Um, check it out. Facebook.com slash BelowTheBeltShow. And um, we should probably also link it to our official YouTube page. Please subscribe, YouTube.com slash BelowTheBeltShow. Because as you know, we are now posting our celebrity interviews that we're doing on the Skype edition of Below the Belt on our YouTube page, so please subscribe to our YouTube page. Um, but yes, ending tonight's show with a 2015 interview uh, I conducted in Washington, D.C. with actress Naya Rivera, followed by another song. This is also from the Glee soundtrack, from um, the Glee, Glee soundtrack, and it's Naya Rivera's rendition of Fleetwood Mac's Songbird. So, oh, nice. A great song, a great rendition. I was a, certainly an amazing talent, and it really saddens me that she's no longer with us. Um, and uh, yes, you'll hear in this interview, and you'll see in the video that Naya was expecting with Josie, her son, and as you know, her son um, was on the boat, and thank God survived um, during that tragedy. Um, so guys, um, I know it's a little Debbie Downer end on tonight's show, but yes, uh, tonight's uh, broadcast dedicated to um, an amazing person, actress, singer, mother, and uh, former guest on Below the Belt show, Naya Rivera. So thanks so much, everybody. We'll see you guys next week. Until then, peace. Good night. Guys, we're here with the amazingly talented and beautiful Naya Rivera, star of Glee. How are you? Good, how are you? Excellent, and how are you coming along so far? Good, no complaints. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. Must be excited to be here uh, in D.C. for the White House Correspondents' Dinner and, of course, the Creative Coalition event. Definitely, definitely. Both things, that, uh, this is my first time attending and being a part of, uh, you know, what the Creative Coalition does, and so I'm really looking forward to tomorrow night's dinner, and I've had a blast all day today with everybody. Excellent. Now, obviously, Glee uh, came to an end. Is it a little bittersweet with the ending of Glee, or do you think it could have gone a little further? It definitely was bittersweet. You know, it's like, it's something that you do all day, every day for six years, and then it's finished, and that's like a big adjustment and a big change. Um, but I think that it was definitely time. I think that we had a great run, um, and I love seeing what everyone is up to now. Well, of course, Ryan Murphy, also um, executive producer of American Horror Story. Um, and he's got a new show coming out with, with Lee Michelle, right? Yeah. yeah. Could you possibly be a part of either project? Oh, I don't know. I guess, like, anything's possible, you know? I love Would Ryan. Would you want to be on either project? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anything's possible. I love Ryan and Brad and Ian and all of them, and they're my family, so, you know, maybe. So right now, just concerned about being a mom, and, and that's the next project, I imagine. Yeah. I mean, that's the biggest project for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm working on Devious Mains right now on Lifetime, and so I'm going back to finish up my last episode I did four total um, while pregnant. <laughs> but that was, you know, fun and something cool to do right after Glee, and, and then we'll see what comes up next. That's awesome, awesome. Guys, Nye Rivera of Glee. So awesome. Sun will 
It has been a ill show tonight and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying. Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain. Bye, 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 bye.